Welcome to World Class Bullshitters, the epitome of pop culture. I'm your host, Jeff Hicks, and with me tonight is the last standing Samoan Big Rig, Nick Utam. Baby, baby, oh baby, I am so glad to be here tonight. I am too. Thank you, Dion. <laughs> and finally, American <laughs> Ramrod, Kendo Slice. Well, as, as you guys know, I got a thing for white girls, and, and Arab girls, and Indian girls, and Asian girls, and, and pretty much all girls. That's that's, that's that's basically how how the Instagram messaging like for for me and him goes. <laughs> I've been in some of yeah. the group chats and I'm just like, yeah, this is exactly on brand for Dion. I'm glad yeah. I I've yeah. my best friend. He hasn't been fake the entire time. Man, yeah. except for he's not here because he's watching Dark Fate. Yeah. <laughs> oh shit! We shouldn't have told the audience. Be Damn it. Damn. Uh. So, folks, to be fair, Dion is away on vacation. Uh, he's driving right now, or else he'd be here, because historically, Dion goes on this vacation, still records live from Florida. So, uh, he's just on the road this yep. year, so he might pop in at the end, might not, I don't know. But we have a full show tonight, folks, so you don't want to miss out. Now, let's talk about what we're going to do first. So, over on Patreon, we had a bunch of new people joined last week. Nobody knew this week, but... Uh, we have After Hours over, excuse me, we have The Hangover after there, which replaced After Hours, and Kendo has The Kendo Chronicles, some more TMNT stuff coming up, and I have more uh, stuff to film in terms of collection stuff, so uh, Batman and Superman from Batman Hush, I think I'll put up there, I just need to figure out how to make my stuff look, you know what, I'll just call Michael from Retro Blast, if you got connections to the guy who does it the best, why not just ask him? Anyway, there you go. I figured there you go. out. <laughs> uh, yeah, simple solution. We're good. Yeah. Uh, modern solutions for modern problems. God, I love Chappelle. <laughs> so, um, also, folks, uh, big announcement this week. The comic launches on Tuesday during the High Council. There will be a day one exclusive, the original OG High Council. You'll only be able to buy that separately on day one. Now, to celebrate that, I'll be joined by Jeremy from Geeks and Gamers on the High Council this week. We're going to reach out. Uh, we're going to try to get the whole gang back together. But so far, that's what we got uh, locked down. So this week's High Council is going to be a big show. We're also going to be joined by Anna. We're going to finally reveal the Fandom Menace painting, which is going to be the cover of all this, and uh, our first big image. So, uh, folks, join us Tuesday night on the High Council for that. It's going to be big. This week, we had Mary Mayhem on, and I had received... This is not an exaggeration. Probably 30 messages about how much they enjoyed, somebody enjoyed the show because of Mary and the fun time we had. So uh, do us a favor. Go over, check out Mary Mayhem's channel. Give her a subscribe and uh, let her know that you want her back on the High Council. I'm going to keep her uh, back in the rotation. So uh, also, uh, we're going to be playing a game tonight, folks. Give me a minute to pull this up on screen. Guys, this one's going to be kind of a doozy. Now, without Dion here, it's still going to be it's still going to be difficult because these are the types of films that everyone likes, most people love, and uh, battle lines will be drawn. So, folks, uh, you're going to have to pick three. You can play along with us at home tonight, uh, the, uh, the unofficially patent WCBS play-along game. So let me get this up on the screen, and you guys will be able to play in three, two, one. It'd be nice if it would have shared on the, on the dot. Anyway. There we go. So you can only keep three. Now, folks that are listening only and are not going to be watching this portion of the show, you listen to us exclusively on all the streaming services, you can only keep three films. And out of the nine films there are, there is Goodfellas, Pulp Fiction, Inception, Avengers Infinity War, The Dark Knight, The Empire Strikes Back, Space Jam, Toy Story, and Jurassic Park. And you can only keep three. So guys, uh, Nick, of the nine films here, and you can only keep three, which three are you going to keep? Let's see. Um, hmm. 
Definitely Pulp Fiction. That one's a lot of fun. That one has to stay. Um, damn, man, this is really rough. It's really rough. Uh, let's go Dark the Dark Knight. And um, <sighs> Space Jam. Let's go Space Jam. Hmm. Let's go Space Respectable Jam. Respectable list. Yeah. Yeah. Kendo? Empire, Avengers Infinity War, and Jurassic Park. No debate needed. Ooh, nice. Uh, this is tough because I like and respect these movies, but I'm going to go Empire Strikes Back. Avengers Infinity War and Goodfellas. Oh, nah. Pulp Fiction. Ow. I'll go Pulp Fiction. I like Pulp Fiction more than Goodfellas. I can say that <laughs> with absolute certainty. Yeah. Uh, Goodfellas is a great film. Honestly, the, the movies that I could get rid of from this list are Inception, Dark Knight, Space Jam. Ah, do, can I do Toy Story? I like Jurassic Park. I respect it now. Eh, anyway, I gave my answer. Fuck it. Folks, give us yours tonight. <laughs> uh, you can play along the entire night and uh, periodically we'll have the image pop up for the new listeners that are joining us. So, Every week, we seem to have the opportunity to cover the dumbest story I've ever heard. And every week, that dumb story gets topped by something even dumber. If it's not an exploding vagina-scented candle, it's Gorilla <laughs> Glue hairspray. There's all kinds of stupidity that's or, out or there. It's, or, it's, or, or it's Florida Man doing, you know, just doing something in Florida. Dude, Florida Man, yeah. Florida Man, as we like to call him around these parts, uh, is a personal hero. Because he's the they only guy. to be called Florida People now. Oh, <laughs> oh my God! They went PC. They, they, oh shit! Yeah, they've, they've, they've gone PC. It's 2021, fellas. They, it's oh now referred God. to as Florida person or Florida people. Oh my God! Oh man! If well, that's happened, we have a we, we have an even bigger problem on our hands. Well, we have a bigger problem on our hands now because uh, who is this former gentleman in front of you? A uh, potato head person, Mister yeah. Potato Head. Wait, wait, hold on. What, what, what do you mean former? Did wait? Did what happened? Yep. You ready? No, no. Hasbro's Mr. Potato Head falls victim to pronoun gangs cancel culture. Oh, Toy maker Hasbro announced they will no longer be making Mr. Potato Head toys anymore. Instead, opting to call the line simply Potato Head now. The announcement came via the AP who wrote, Hasbro, the company that makes the potato-shaped plastic toy, is giving the spot a gender-neutral new name, Potato Head. The change will appear on boxes this year. They also mentioned Hasbro. They also added, Hasbro said, Mr. Potato Head has been around for over 70 years. He needed a modern makeover. There was no information on whether the change will be coming to Mrs. Potato Head as well. Well, you know it can, won't be. Can, can somebody open an Etsy store and make a make a, make a a a thing that's called Mr. Fuckhead? Because I'll pay for that. I will entirely pay for that. We should I got a better it. question. Does this mean the Toy Story movies are going to come with the disclaimers now about how these movies were made in a time where, you know, it was okay to label people by gender? probably advised well didn't they just put that up for the muppets we'll talk about yeah. that in a minute but oh, <laughs> like yeah i mean like they like they, they keep like they keep once again missing the fucking issue missing the bigger issue by doing these smaller things like oh we're gonna go after your pan your pancake syrup and your and your instant rice and now we're gonna go after your 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 toy from i don't know when when was mr potato head first introduced like in the 50s yeah oh, 70 years ago, ago. Yeah, so I mean, like, oh yeah, he was the problem. Mr. Potato Head is the problem. Wasn't there a Mrs. Potato Head? Yeah, there was a, there was a female, story. Yeah, there's a female version of this as too, as well too. So I don't know what the problem is. Like, you were selling two toys. That's double the money. How is this a bad thing? Mr. I Potato just, got his spuds cut off. Now he wants to be a chick. 
<laughs> hey, no judgment. Oh, my Mom, God. I just what I gotta ask though, Kendall, you brought up the Toy Story connection. Toy Story is probably the most of for the for the last I'd say generation or so, Mr. Potato Head's prominence is directly tied to Toy Story. Think of Don Rickles' voice as you hear as you look at this picture right here. I mean shit, this is the combination from Toy Story. The mustache, everything. Mr. Potato Head, it's just like Mr. Rogers or Captain Kangaroo. It just goes with the name. You can't just change it. It's like when they joke around with, oh, we're going to change the X-Men to the X-People or the Mutants. No, the brand name is the X-Men. I don't give a shit. Oh, it's not inclusive enough. Fuck off. The team's inclusive. <laughs> if, you understand, if you understand the history of X-Men, then you'll you'll understand what, what inclusivity really is. Right. <laughs> but it's dumb. Uh... I was I was never going to buy my child a Mr. Potato Head, because thankfully I don't have a child, but if I did, no. Mr. Potato Head's just a thing that I don't get why this is happening. It's just one of those things, man. Like they they go after they go after the lowest common denominator thing to make it make it feel like they're actually doing something. And all it is is just disrupting us. All okay, now because of this announcement, I'm sure everybody's gonna put Mr. Potato Head up on eBay and it's gonna be a thousand dollars by the by by Monday for sure. I, I do feel like I should collect a Mr. Potato Head all of a sudden. Yeah, if you can find a cheap yeah. one on Amazon, fucking get it now. Uh, Broski, I am already yeah. on. If you if, if, if you find a couple cheap ones, send us, send, us, send, us, send us the links our way, man. I want to I want to get one too, <laughs> just to be sure. Oh God, yeah, it's it's, yes, it's folks. It's, this show is sponsored by the former Mr. Potato Head. <laughs> Yeah, this this is just them. Like once again, lowest lowest thing they can they could do. They think they think it's gonna help. Or whatever. It's just like it doesn't mean anything. It's it's pointless. It's just a show, and they have everybody write an article about it, and it goes viral. And you know, I'm, I'm sure I'm sure the the left wing nut jobs are fucking happy now and drinking themselves off. So you know, that's just patting the old resume for whenever they go to woke college or whatever woke job they're trying to get. So what did you do? Oh, I led a Twitter movement to get Mr. Potato Head changed to just Potato Head. Oh, oh, that's it's worth at least a hundred credibility points. Yeah, <laughs> woke score. Is it, does that add to your thetan count? Uh, more like wanking, but yeah, it's a wanking right. count. So at first, you thought Mister Potato Head was crazy, but it actually gets dumber this week, folks. Oh Jesus! Yeah, oh, now this, good. yeah, I know. We, we've talked about this one, guys. Uh, Coca Cola asks its workers to be less white to fight racism. I'm not sure how that worked. But uh-huh. let's, let's play their game and not. Let's not. Let's just read it. So, uh, <laughs> one of the greatest challenges that brands face today is to implement inclusion policy. No, it's not. No, it no, isn't. It's not. No, it isn't. It's not at all. I've been drinking. Co- I, look, I only like Coca Cola that much, but I've drank Coca Cola my whole life. I never felt excluded. You know from what? You, you know. You know what? I th- I th- I th- if, if, if if this article reaches enough people, the South might just go to Pepsi. You know how? You know how? You know how crazy that'll be. <laughs> Oh, dude! Please, I'm I'm pulling for Pepsi. My uncle works there, so yeah. It would be like if everybody's just like fuck Coca Cola, drink Pepsi. It would be hilarious. Yeah. So this is the worst idea since New Coke, and that was 40 years ago, and we're still talking about how dumb New Coke was to change. But uh, so the seminar entitled "Facing Racism," given by Robin D'Angelo, was presented through LinkedIn Education publicly, though not free of charge. The company admitted that, in effect, it invited its workers to take the course, but they clarified that it was not mandatory. Despite its good intentions, Coca-Cola now faces reputational and image crisis. While the firm viewed the seminar as part of a diversity strategy, the approach to the training was highly controversial. 
The agenda was laid out by Dr. Catherine Borensko, an organizational psychologist working at the working to end the racially divisive ideology of critical race. Oh God! Oh, anyway, uh, it says. The course depiction made it clear that a goal of the guide was for people to be less white, to help them understand what it means to be white and challenge what it means to be racist. Okay. I mean, I mean, like, what, what, like, what are the, what, what are the qualities of being white? Bad dancing and eating mayonnaise? Like, what is, what, what are the, what hey, are the, hey, you know, contrib- I do not yeah. like mayonnaise. Yeah. Well, okay, that's that's one of them. <laughs> I mean, Nick, you're the, yeah, you're the mayonnaise kind of super here. Ah, God, that's true. Don't I forgot be about that, white, Nick. <laughs> fucking racist uh i guess i'll have to just dunk my tur- my turkey leg and mustard then oh dear i mean miracle whip is an acceptable answer yeah. well it's like <laughs> i asked you guys i was like how does one be less white i'm not i'm kind of confused as to what i would have to do to be less white i mean honestly the first thing i thought of was like the kids i went to high school with that had just discovered nwa and when they started dressing in baggy clothes and talking like they were from the city when they clearly weren't I, that's what i thought was being less white like you're having a, a crisis, then you're, you're you're you've urbanized. <laughs> oh my god! Now, uh, real quick, folks, uh, Doxy Mama eighty two has an excellent idea. Let's turn this into the game for tonight. So, uh, Mister Perfect is now just perfect. So, if Mister Potato Head, Mister Potato Head is now just Potato Head, take something iconic and turn it into this is now just this. Take away. Um, whatever could be insensitive by today's standards. So the word Mr. is offensive by today's standards. So um, just bell. Wow. Well, how do you, then how do you, how, how do you, how, how do you deal with the Dick Van Dyke show? Then how do you deal with that? Then you just don't ever air it again. You just call it. Um, <laughs> it's the Richard, the Richard Van Lesbian show. Richard Van Lesbian show. Yeah. I mean, is that is that not appropriate? I have you know not what? Said anything the funny thing is, the funniest thing is that if, if, you, if, you, if you if you if you called it that. I'm mm-hmm. sure everybody would fucking love it and want to watch it. And then as soon as they realize the show is like from 60 years ago or or fucking longer, they would just be, they would just be like appalled. You know what's really blown my mind about the Dick Van Dyke show in theory or in hindsight? What? He's like the only person left alive from it. Yeah. <laughs> everybody him and, him and Betty White, him and Betty White are both like just like they're old as shit and they're they're still alive right now. Please. I love know, them just, both. Yeah, great like- <laughs> Oh, Kendo, uh, Blue Watchers so, got one just for you. Brown Bunny is now just Bunny. Okay. <laughs> oh God, that's All true. Right. I was gonna say I just spilled. I was gonna say I just spilled something on the floor in the kitchen. Can somebody get me a bottle of clean, please? <laughs> yeah, I need to use a mop and some clean <laughs> to get it's my floor clean. taken care of. Yeah. Oh man. So you have um. Aunt Jemima and Uncle Ben are both just out of the picture completely. Hmm. Trying to think what other offensive things there are. There's so many out there, guys. Like the air, it's clear. It's that's offensive, right? <laughs> sure. Mr. Mom. But sometimes mom. the air is dirty, so that would be offensive. It's true. <laughs> I like Dr. Coffindale's version better. Penis van lesbian. <laughs> <laughs> That's oh, if we ever play Pictionary, that's what we should draw out. <laughs> it's like, oh, what does this mean? <laughs> Van oh, Dick Van Dyke show, bingo! Oh God! <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So the Coca Cola thing kind of rubbed. Well, not kind of. It really rubbed me the wrong way because I'm just like, what does that mean, and why is it oh, Coca Cola responsibility? 
What's up? Dude, just thought of something. What, what happens to the 80s band Mr. Mr.? <gasps> oh! Canceled, canceled. <laughs> They're like hella screwed. This Just call them they, they. That's it. <laughs> Be done with it. Yeah. They, they. And their broken wings. <laughs> oh my god, you would... Look, Mr. Mr. was never a great band to start with, but could you imagine... That's how they could probably get popular again, is if they rebranded themselves with whatever 2021 bullshit and uh, try to get popular with the second wave of like millennials or whatever the hell you call them. Gen Z? No. No, yeah. I just I, I, I just call them assholes. Oh, okay. Assholes is appropriate. Oh, you know what? It runs in their family. I saw Spaceballs. One major Philip asshole. <laughs> So, uh, do you think Wait, this hold, is on, hold on, hold on. What would you what, what would you call Burger King then? Sandwich ruler? Uh, yeah, <laughs> I think Burger Monster out the branding too. <laughs> I mean, Burger Conqueror just sounds kind of cool. <laughs> Burger Conqueror. <laughs> Burger Burger Regime. Burger Regime. All right, cool. <laughs> I feel like there's so many negative connotations with a place called Burger Regime, but I'm ready to eat there. <laughs> I'm ready to get our show sponsored I by mean, Burger I Regime. Mean, if, they, if, they, if they were called Burger Regime, they could raise their prices and be really fancy and shit. And, you know, it, people probably give them more respect. So <laughs> Maybe. I, I don't think they're doing too bad. How many Whopper commercials do you see? Like, the Super Bowl was flush with Burger King. Excuse me. Uh, Burger Royale. Whatever we're going to call it now. <laughs> That company, Yum Brands Food, that sells cheeseburgers. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> Cow Queen. Lucky <laughs> Joe Prince. <laughs> All right. Oh, wait. White Castle is now just Castle. Oh, that's a good one, too. That's a good one, too. <laughs> Burger <laughs> What a weird start to a show. Sorry, folks. Sorry. <laughs> so, uh, do you think this Does is going to hurt? mean that White Castle has to be less white? <laughs> family yeah yeah I'm, 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 I mean I I don't know I don't know how that would work I mean they, they can't sell coke products anymore so that wouldn't work out for their brand or you know what they're telling their workers to do now so five guys is just five. <laughs> oh my god <laughs> no, it would be five non-binary people <laughs> yeah, five, 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 five non-binary individuals, and if you want to nationalize it, it's yeah. five non-binary Americans. There you go. It'll be Dairy Yes Queen. <laughs> I like that oh one. My God. And Jack of the Box is now just in the box. <laughs> yeah, oh, hey, I, hey, you you can't say a box is offensive, Jeff. I can't. Yeah, box is offensive. To who? To females. Salty. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. It's pejorative <laughs> for a women's vagina. Yeah, man, you 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 can't say box. <laughs> How come you can say box? I don't know. I just keep saying box. <laughs> Fat Albert is now just body positivity, Albert. <laughs> <laughs> god damn it! Oh my god, I love it. Or Kirby oh, Albert. Geez. Or Kirby Albert. Oh god! <laughs> so, oh man, the world's going to shit, <laughs> dude. Oh, the world's been we've we've been circling the bull for a while. We just, you know what it is. You know how they say the the Earth spins at whatever speed, and we can't feel it due to gravity. 
Yeah. That's how we've been spinning around this bowl. We've been sinking quicker, but we're moving so fast we don't realize it. We're almost at the bottom. And uh, <laughs> now that we have this, what we talked about a moment ago, Mr. P- or Potato Head person, and then the Muppets are now offensive. What the fuck happened? How are the Muppets offensive? Please, please explain that to me because that that is that's always been a kid. That's always been a family and kids show. Like I don't understand how that's offensive. <laughs> Redneck Trekker. If you renamed Ant Man to just Ant, you'd have that really shitty comedian from the early two thousands. No. Oh yeah. <laughs> just just j- just call him Ant They. That's it. Just Ant They. That's all. Yeah. <laughs> they Ant They. Sandwich Monarch isn't that a place? No, Duke of Sandwich, right? Duke of. Sandwich. <laughs> Yeah, we went there on the way down to New Orleans, Nick. Yeah, we did. Yeah, we did. Mm-hmm. Maybe it was Florida. It was Florida because Phil drove. All right. So, uh, yeah, Coca-Cola, I don't think it's really going to hurt them uh, long term. I think they just look stupid. They pulled this. Uh, I don't know if they've apologized yet. But I wish companies that made everyday products would realize, you know what? Listen to The Rock. Know your role. Coca-Cola's role is to sell us overpriced bottled water, shit that's not that good for you, and whatever other shit they brand. Live and let live. Coke, do your thing. Make all your products, make all your money, but don't preach to us. That's not what Coca-Cola is used for. No, man. Just it's shows used to rot your teeth. Now you're yeah, broken. just I love I, I I love the commercial they kept showing during the whole fucking like middle of the pandemic. We're like, we know you're stuck inside, but you know, Coke brings you together. It's like, no, it doesn't. No, Coke is clearly <laughs> not. No, I mean it tastes it, it it tastes good on ice, but it's gonna rot my teeth, and it's gonna you know it's gonna give the kids a, a sugar sugar crash here in about twenty minutes. So why do why are we why drinking this? Jack Daniels in it. <laughs> it's a whole different story. <laughs> Counter counteracts all that stuff. It does. It does. So guys, let's talk about another dumb thing. Uh, briefly, this is the one that kind of. My jaw dropped a little bit. So, the Muppets. Uh, did we all grow up with the Muppets? I know I personally did. Yeah, man. Uh, I remember Muppet Babies as a kid, and I loved that cartoon. Mm-hmm. I remember watching the movies and stuff as well. Um, yeah, man. They were, you know, they were a good time. Kendo, what about you? Yeah, dude. The Muppets was fun. I, I mean, I, w- I think I was too young to get the to remember the TV show, but I saw the movies and I had a Muppets Nintendo game at some point too. That was impossible and retarded, but it was fun. Um, but yeah, the Muppets, it's always been something I enjoyed when that new Muppets movie came out like 10 years ago with, uh, what's his number? How I hate your mother. Yes. How I hate your mother. Uh, 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 I watched it. I didn't think it was that great, but I enjoyed the Muppets part of it. But I've never ever watched the Muppets and been in any way, shape, or form like, wow, this is offensive material for some reason. I just enjoyed it and laughed. Thanks for the heads up, Miss Ninja Julian. Uh, yeah, Muppets was always fun. When I, you know, the video I put out today, I talk about how there was an alternative for kids' entertainment for decades. It wasn't always Disney owned everything. Disney really was fighting throughout the seventies and eighties to really remain relevant. And it wasn't until you had their animation renaissance with the Little Mermaid that they took off and became what they are. But even growing up, you know, our age group, that you could have a full childhood full of tons of shows not related to the Disney Corporation. Then they bought it all, and now this is what happens when they have. So would you guys believe that they're, that Disney Plus has added a content disclaimer to select Muppet Show episodes? 
but here we go. Uh, Disney oh, Plus dude. has added a content. I'm surprised anymore, dude. It's it's Disney. What do you expect? So they've added uh, disclaimers to the beginning of 18 episodes of The Muppet Show, which started streaming on the platform on Friday. This program includes negative depictions and or mistreatment of people or cultures. The stereotypes were wrong then and are wrong now. The disclaimer reads, rather than remove this content, we want to acknowledge that (laughs) we want to acknowledge its harmful impact, learn from it and spark conversation to create a more inclusive future together. No, the fuck you don't. We just want people bitching on Twitter. Oh, God. (laughs) So 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 what was somebody wearing a Native American headdress or something, or is it the Swedish the Swedish chef in there too too many times? They're like, oh, Swedish people might get pissed off and invade America. Like that's what's going to happen. Like, that's- well, here you go. Um, here's an example. Uh, the label has been added to each episode for different reasons. But for example, during Johnny Cash's episode, he sings in front of a Confederate flag. The disclaimer appears at the beginning of these episodes for twelve seconds. Jesus Christ. Um, I mean, this is this is a pro. Okay, these are shows that are products of their time. It's the same thing like we were talking about the Dick Van Dyke show. These are like these are all old shows. They still exist on TV. They're a product of their time. I mean, I remember what is it? Over the summer, I watched um, fucking Taxi. Taxi was made at the end of the seventies and the early eighties. None of that shit is relevant now. It's fun to look back at that and see how things were, and it's a it's a generally a good show. But like, I don't understand. You can't you can't raise the standards of a show back then to times now. It doesn't make sense. It, it and it's it's essentially meaningless. It doesn't mean anything. You could argue that they should raise the standards of today to match those of the past because people really tried to make shit back in the day. People don't. They just cash in on what's already popular and they go. Ah, that's it. That's that's the effort. That's no, it. no, no, no. You're 100 percent right. That's why Supernatural is you know gone to 15 seasons. That's why Simpsons is in 30 seasons and all their all their, all their bullshit. That's why like. What is it? Um, the other medical exam show, whatever the hell it's called. Grey's Anatomy is in like you know forty-two seasons or some shit. Like they don't care. They just want to keep cashing in. They don't. They don't care that you know if it's good or not. They're just going to keep fucking making it until you know they can't anymore. Well, we're going to talk about the Simpsons in a minute too, because this this stuff just keeps spreading. It, oh my god! <laughs> this isn't like one of those weeks where it's like oh, a little thing happened. Let's talk about it. No, let's move on. Look at the Muppets, folks. We're about to talk to you guys in just a second. But uh, the Muppets, it doesn't stop there. But it should hopefully, at least for this episode, end with this one. So The Simpsons replaces Harry Shearer with black actor to voice Dr. Hibbert. Because we have real problems, right, folks? No, we have these problems. Right. Black oh, God. That the white actors would no longer be voicing black characters on the show. And now Harry Shearer has been replaced by veteran voice actor Kevin Michael Richardson in the role of Dr. Julius Hibbert. Deadline has confirmed. So, voice of Hibbert since the character debuted more than thirty years ago. Yeah, so you're changing this this thirty year old character. You're changing this iconic voice this character now because of some fucking kids on on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Awesome. You're changing Pretty a much. whole cultural goddamn icon because of some assholes on Twitter. You're bending the knee to these jackasses. <sighs> Simpsons deserves to get canceled and to be put and to just to be fucking shot shot on the side of the road right now. It really does. It oh, does deserve that for a while, actually. No, I, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's for sure. Yeah. You know, John Riley makes an excellent point, though. Okay, should Bart's voice be played by a boy and not a middle-aged woman? Boom. Uh, yeah, theoretically, can- but they won't do that. <laughs> can we can can we start can we start bombarding them with those fucking tweets? Can we do that too? 
Jeez, like get a get get a what? A, uh, how old is he? Like fucking eight or something, or ten or whatever. I just don't even like that this is a conversation. How Disney likes to say, "Oh, we want these disclaimers to spark conversation." Here's a conversation starter. What the fuck? Why? <laughs> Again, all of these, everything we've talked about briefly in the first twenty so or so minutes of the show is why? Like, what is happening right now? There's this weird domino effect randomly across the board and it snuck up on you now here we are and it's hit after hit i after still hit after hit. I, st- I still say i still say i suggest people hit them in their wallets and don't give them money or time or attention or watch hours or anything like that if you really want to you know get at them then you know don't look or watch or talk about these things just let them die let them die a slow painful death i mean the show's yeah. been well on- just wait until somebody on twitter Wait until somebody on Twitter goes back and watches like the first episode or the second episode of The Simpsons and uh, Smithers is black and then he gets yellow washed and they change his, his race, then they'll really <laughs> lose their shit. Oh, yeah, that's true. They won't even care that it was a production error. They'll go, oh, it's 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 the erasure of a straw. It's like, dude, you do not want Mr. Smithers is a representative of any buddy. He's a weirdo. Like, yes, he's is. not the character you want to die on this hill for. <clears throat> Well, and, and and even then, the hills they die on are fucking retarded. So, yeah, I just hope that The Simpsons goes away quicker. I've always been one of those people. It's like, look, I don't really watch it anymore. I don't sit and bitch about it because I don't watch it. But if people are out there enjoying it, cool. It's The Simpsons. It's part of history. Now it's become this, and I'm kind of hoping that even the most uh, hardened, ardent defenders of The Simpsons will go. This is wrong because The Simpsons have always prided themselves on their voice cast, not in just in terms of the quality of the of the actors that provide the voices for epi- excuse me all the episodes but their uh, consistency with getting real um, celebrities to voice their characters the simpsons have always had this higher standard in terms of, in terms of their voice casting and now they're they're shifting for what reason i mean all of those characters the characters have two identities their voice and their image they're drawn one way and they sound another mm-hmm. and you don't like when somebody comes in and changes the voice of a character. Give me a good example, guys, of like a famous cartoon character that got like the voice changed. I'm trying to think of like, I know Penny from Inspector Gadget switched, but I, I don't care about that. But it'd be like if Inspector <laughs> Gadget switched, like Matthew Broderick in the cartoon instead of just the movie. Like, it would be maddening. It's, it's all dumb. Like, just get rid of the show. If you can't have Apu and you can't have Dr. Hibbert and you can't have any um, character that, you know, <clears throat> color or whatever in The Simpsons anymore, just end the show. They've been living in fucking was it Evergreen Terrace for thirty years. Oh, 100 percent, man! No, 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 oh, yeah? no! Definitely, definitely get rid of it. Quit, what, like, that's why I said quit, quit watching it. If it gets, if they get low enough ratings, they'll just fucking can it. So, yeah, yeah. That's oh, God. It's this is just this 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 idea. This this woke culture is just a cancer now. Like it's more so now than I think ever. It's ridiculous. I thought it would slow down after the elections, but I was entirely wrong. Holy shit. Yeah, well, well they just roided it up. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> so, Nick, should we... Uh, well, hold on. Let's check in with the audience <laughs> because there's more doom and gloom, it sounds like. I don't know. Oh, my uh, God. <laughs> yeah, it's it's funny. But uh, Disney is getting a little of their comeuppance, especially when it comes to uh, Star Wars. So, uh, thank you, YouTube. Just give me a second. I was going to read the uh, messages from the listeners, but... Did that window crash or something? Show. So we'll talk about those in just a second. <laughs> How do you guys feel about Bill Nye the Science Guy? I like him generally. 
Yeah. I remember watching him as a kid. Him. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he was really important in terms of uh, me respecting and liking science. The reason I brought him up, there was this article that used him as a picture. It says, Disney keeps 80% of streaming revenue by calling it home video. So for years, Disney has been keeping 80% of its revenue from older shows that it distributes to streaming platforms, leaving only 20% available to stars and other profit participants. It does so by classifying the revenue as home video under a formula dating from the the introduction of the VCR. Disney subtracts an 80% royalty to its in-house distributors to cover the cost of distribution. In 2017, Bill Nye, Bill Nye, star Bill Nye the Science Guy, challenged the practice, calling it yet another example of Hollywood accounting. In a lawsuit, Los Angeles Supreme Court or Superior Court Nye uh, argued that the actual distribution costs like for platforms like Netflix and Amazon Prime are minimal, and that Disney is essentially raking in millions of dollars off the top without justification. Uh, but surprise, surprise, the judges sided with Disney. Uh, had you guys heard about this story? I think it came. I think it came up no. a few years ago. Actually, like I thought, I thought I heard about it a couple of years ago, where he was fighting them and he lost, and it was a big deal because um, you know he just wanted equal pay is what he wanted, you know, out of his contract. He wanted his you know his percentage or whatever, and they wouldn't even give him that because they were saying, oh, we have to do this much work to get it to, you know, to uh, Netflix or whatever, and it was it was kind of bullshit. Yeah, it was just something that popped up earlier today, and I thought oh, I should share this with you guys. Yeah, you, I mean, even even if those old shows are filmed on, you know, like tape or film, whatever, like that, and they have to like transfer them digitally, it's if it's more likely it's on tape, it would just be transferred, you know, digitally to another format, and they can make it into something else. At the very most, they have to recolor it, but it's literally just like it's they're just files. It's like it's like it's like copying a file is basically what it is a little bit. So. Yeah. It's it's not that intensive. It's not that it's it's not as intensive as like these co- these small companies we hear like Synapse and like Vinegar Syndrome buying an actual buying buying a couple of you know film stock films of, of one movie and and scanning each frame at 4K and then stitching them together over like two years and then releasing the Blu-ray for forty dollars. That's different. So I got everything uh, lined up for now. Uh, first off, our friend Infinite Wanderer says, for the 40K stream, have you contacted Chapter Master Val- Valrak yet? He's one of the big YouTubers in 40K, frequently rallies to support for fan projects. Uh, I will now, because I had not heard of him. Uh, we also have our friend Dean Downer who says, Hail WCBS, I think some people recommended Legend of the Overfiend to troll you, Jeff. It's a hentai. Also, if my hole is all that you love, then what's all that you'll receive? Oh my god! <laughs> wow! Yeah, my old computer agrees. It woke up to tell me that it liked the joke too. <laughs> now, Joseph Bianowitz, thank you very much for your massive super chat. He says, "Hell to the classiest bullshitters of the world." Just a bit of info: as I recall, the House of Mouse has a courtship with Coke, not just the Colombian variant. Looking at recent things as of late, drinks of kingdoms are it, aka Nomad. Hey, man. Now, the mega corporation stuff always scares me. Before, when you would read stuff in books, it would always be like, oh, they own this and that and that. And you're like, oh, okay. So they just own all these means of production and this and that. But then you learn that there's influence that comes with that too. And now whatever shift has happened where uh, it's they, a corporation feels it's duty to, uh, I don't know, protect us quotations i don't know if we need protecting but um i didn't realize that uh coca-cola and disney had any kind of connection did you guys 
Um, I, th- I mean, I, I remember, I remember the, you know, when I, when I was a kid, we went to their parks, you know, when I was young, they would have their products there, but that's about all I remember. And I think, um, some of the, what was it? Some of the, bo- some of the, the grenades, the type bottles you saw from the Star Wars area were Coca-Cola branded stuff. So, I mean, you know, that's kind of how they do it. Yeah. Um, I was just looking, I looked up Coca-Cola Disney. All I got so far was a, uh, thing about the coca-cola store at disney springs from last year clearly mm-hmm. hasn't opened since then yeah it's uh you know oh wait this is the one in florida sorry it is open uh, dion's gonna go there folks that's what he's gonna do after he watches <laughs> the 30th time probably do something to regret <laughs> oh my god I regret. you know that's how it goes Jeez. But Joseph, uh, thank you very much. Uh, if you're talking about the land um, east of us too, which is what you think, what I think you're trying to say, I'll look more into that as well. Doctor Coffinels, thank you very much. He says Hulk Hogan is the hero we need, but don't deserve. Oh my God, Hulk Hogan, brother. <laughs> um, Doc Doug Keller, thank you very much for everything, Doug. He says uh, good evening, Jeff, Nick, and Kendo. Good evening to you, Doug, uh, and thank good you. Evening. Oh, I got your message. Um, I'll hit you back up after the show. Stetson's Gold says, a donation to the channel. Thank you, sir. Well, thank you, Stetson's Gold. We appreciate that. And then TLJ Screwjob says, uh, Mary needed some water for her Gina thirst. Oof. (laughs) (laughs) So, guys, uh, we talked about the Gina Carano interview from the Daily Wire. Now, Kendo, you had a chance to listen to it. uh, Correct? You might have to let Kendo back in if he's in the green room. Oh, he dropped. Okay, I'm sitting here... uh, talking to him and i was like oh it dropped sorry i'm in a different window there he is he's back now so kendo i was saying um you heard the gina carano interview from the daily wire correct yes i have what'd you think of it (laughs) oh jesus he just left again well you know what folks um we'll we'll go back to that in a couple of minutes what we'll talk about briefly though uh Mary was very thirsty for Gina Carano. Can't blame her. Mary has good taste. But, uh, Nick, when we all get together for Horror Hound in Cincinnati, uh, if Mary hasn't moved uh, super, super far, uh, we should all try to get together. Oh, did, she, uh, did, did, did she live nearby that area? Yeah, Kentucky. So, like, oh, when cool, I was, uh, back in Cincinnati, we were talking about something on a stream. I was like, wait, I know where this is. So we realized we're in the same area. Oh, Nomad, Joseph Bianowitz says, Nomad is my Patreon name. I just wanted you to know it's me, LOL. I knew you were, uh, for a minute, I was like, wait, is Nomad Lord of, is he, at first I thought it was Darth Fatass for a minute. I was like, no, wait, that's not him. But no, uh, thank you. I will take a picture of that too, Joseph, just to remind myself, because we talked, your question's going to come up on the show in a minute uh, that you asked us about G.I. Joe and Transformers. So uh, thank you. <laughs> Uh, I'll do that a little later, AJ Journeyman. Don't worry. Don't worry. Now, Kendo, just I was just asking you, uh, since you listen regularly, I believe, to the Daily Wire, did you hear, you heard the Gina Carano interview? What did you think? Uh, I thought it was pretty good. Um, I typically don't listen to his weekend interviews unless it's somebody I'm actually interested in, which is rare. Uh, but that one popped up uh, last week, and I saw that. Oh, he talked to Gina Carano. This ought to be pretty interesting. 
And uh, I listened to it. It was like an hour-long interview. I thought it was really good. You got her side of the story, her version of events and the things that went on. Um, uh, I've seen a lot of criticism of the interview that clearly was done by people that didn't actually listen to it because nothing of what they were saying had any substance or took place in the interview whatsoever. Um, but yeah, so I, it, 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 there wasn't, he wasn't like leading her through the interview. She was pretty much just allowed to talk freely about her experiences with Lucasfilm and the cancel culture online and things of that nature. And uh, yeah. So if you get a chance, I would say, uh, Go ahead and check it out and listen to it and go into it with an open mind. If you're not into his side of the equation, he's one of the people I do listen to to get one version of the news. And then I go to a different source for another version of the news. And then I kind of make up my own mind because that's what you're supposed to do. And yeah. Uh, yeah, so go check it out. I think it was really good. I liked hearing what she had to say. And it was kind of refreshing to hear Gina tell her side of the story instead of just hearing what, you know, her, her, her side of the story being told by people on Twitter. Now, the reason I brought the uh, Gina Carano interview up is because there's been a backlash. There's a ripple effect that's happening across uh, Star Wars or anything related to Kathleen Kennedy or Lucasfilm across all the social media, YouTube, Twitter, everything. And it's really starting to affect the High Republic. And so I thought this would be a perfect time to share an update based on today's video. So yesterday when uh, I made the video for this High Republic situation, it had, I think, 2,000, 2.2 thousand thumbs up to 12,000 thumbs down, which is now 2.5 thousand thumbs up to 18,000 thumbs down. And the view count has only jumped about 29,000 views. So again, people are very pissed off about what's going on with Gina Carano. They, they want Kathleen Kennedy gone. They don't like how Star Wars has been handled for so many years and people are really, really fed up with it. Now they're coming to the comment sections of these videos. And I think the high Republic is going to probably be, they'll probably use the high Republic as a sacrificial lamb. They'll say, Oh, the fans tanked it. They're terrible. It had people of uh, minorities in the leads and this and that. And they did this because they hated it and this and that. This is what's going to happen with the high Republic folks, not to be a super downer guy tonight, but in reality, the fans rejected it because it looked dumb and it really was dumb. Uh, Anna looked into it. I read the comic. We reviewed stuff for it. So it's not like people didn't give it a shot. People didn't like it. Star Wars fans didn't like it for specific reasons. Uh, Ram Jam Ram is only funny when he's a button on this channel. In reality, he's a <laughs> looking character who looks like Tito from Rocket Power. I was yeah. going to ask, is this the comic that stars our favorite you-know-who and have you hit the button? Oh, yeah, I forgot. He does have our favorite Jam Ram! <laughs> that's the one yeah i didn't have a chance this week because i'm getting ready for the launch of everything to do a new button but i do have a, oh. uh, a list of buttons i want to make so i just thought of a good one. Ooh, well text it to me man yes all right, Catch the we'll the right now. so uh folks a lot of the comments here the top comments over ten thousand comments uh, your highest comment from a day ago has two, uh, 2.5 thousand. Uh, mysteriously, though, when I recorded the video stuff for the top comments, this wasn't popping up. Oh, well. And this one from Ronnie Jotten wasn't even there. But a lot of it's about Gina Carano and Kathleen Kennedy. Uh, very few things or very few comments talk about the High Republic and Martian Row and anything from it. Like I'm trying to, I'll reiterate the point I was trying to make. Uh, the High Republic will die because the fans are too pissed off and Lucasfilm's going to blame us for other reasons. 
So just be prepared for the incoming shitstorm. It doesn't really stop anytime soon, which is weird because I don't know about um, a lot of listeners out there, but I was cool after the Mandalorian season two ended. I thought Luke Skywalker, eh, I don't love it as much as, you know, I think it looks a little hokey, but I get it. I like it for what it is story-wise. Good end of the season. You had the cool uh, charity streams. You had um, everyone rally together around Star Wars theory. And there's just this great feeling of, you know, unity in the Star Wars, um, the Star Wars fan. And was like, all right, cool. We're over the hump. Now it's time to look forward to the book of Boba Fett, possibly, and all these other things. And then the Gina Carano situation happens. And it's not the first. It's probably the third situation. The, the third thing in the Star Wars. Um, I don't know what we call it. The dumpster fire that is 2021 for Lucasfilm. Uh, yeah. First, I guess Pablo's stuff was late last year, but we'll lump it into this for the sake of it. Then we had the stuff from the High Republic, all the people, uh, the creators and the people that you know work on the shows calling out a certain demographic of people. And then you had Gina Carano Fire. And those three things really set off a shitstorm of Star Wars. And I don't think there's really... No, the, the next wave of shows isn't going to be enough to um, wipe the memories of people. Nerds have a memory that's infinite. Uh, people still bitch about yeah. the special edition changes and McClunky, and that's just that's a five second edit to a thing. This is somebody's life. This is a stance that people are going to take, and as you can see, all the comments are about three things: Kathleen Kennedy, Gina Carano, or their comments being censored. This is not what you want when you're talking about your newest Star Wars property, is it? I thought you wanted people no. to be excited. No, man, and and personally, I think I think they really screwed up by they really did screw up by firing her because. Whatever movie that they're gonna put her in at, at uh, Adventure Piro's company or whatever like that, regardless, it's. I think there's enough. I think that we have enough fan. I think there's enough fans and people to spend money on it to make a difference. And if they make enough money on it, Hollywood will shit themselves. You know, if 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 they see that he's invested a little bit amount, a little bit of a little bit of money into it, and he's made like double or triple or five times more than you know he put into it, and people keep you know people keep putting money money up for it. Hollywood will entirely shit themselves, and so will Disney. It'll be very, very interesting to see. I'm just hoping against hope that um, her movie is a huge hit. Just, you know, look at I wish everyone luck with all their projects that I don't know her. Probably will never meet her, but good luck. I would say the same if Kendo is going to make a movie, probably because, you know, we're going to be doing it together. But my point is, like, I'm going to wish everybody good luck on their projects. I want to see this thing succeed. I like like with comics, I want people to know that there are alternate uh, forms of uh, ways to interpret, not excuse me, not interpret, to ingest your favorite art forms. You don't have to go out to the theaters to watch movies. You can get them at home now. And I don't mean exclusively just because of the HBO deal. I'm talking about stuff that's only going to get released on streaming. It really, the world has been opened up to, filmmakers have had the world opened up to them thanks to technology. And now another, I don't know, this could be another step in more um, independently produced projects that reach a bigger scale we got to see this one i will see where it goes i know a lot of people are already ready to sign up for it and check it out cool tell me how it is we'll check it out we'll review it too but uh, i'm i'm just excited to see what the evolution can be because as we hear each week each and every single week about another big company pulling bullshit or changing this or doing that or putting disclaimers editing censoring people are fed up with it and they're now creating their own stuff so the only thing i say to the audiences of the world Support the new stuff that's coming out. Don't wait around for the 17th Thor movie. You go see the 17th Thor movie. But remember, a movie ticket is about 12 to 15 bucks. It's awesome to go give that to see Thor. 
But, you know, you could uh, go support whatever else and see something just as awesome. Yeah, man, you could support an independent movie or, you know, independent artists or independent comic books and, you know, give them give them the money instead and, you know, have have control over that and not give Hollywood that much of it, you know. And uh, maybe if that artist or if that artist, that movie or whatever gets enough money, they can actually make something better and cooler and you'll appreciate that and buy more of that. And you'll see more from that person as time goes on, you know. Oh, yeah, it's, it's real simple. And people have that power and people have uh, been making those things happen. And it's exciting as somebody who likes to consume, as somebody who likes to create that these opportunities are out there and they're being created. And so that's why I try to back as many of these projects that I can and stuff like that. Cause full transparency. Have I read everything I ever bought? No, but it's the idea behind it. <laughs> like that's, you know, right. So back to the matter at hand though, I don't think that fans will forgive Lucasfilm anytime soon. And people say, oh, it's a hyperbolic statement. People, the emotions are high. Give it a couple of weeks. They'll forget. <clears throat> Has anyone forgot? <laughs> Has anyone forgot about Ryan Johnson? Look, if you can put out a Ryan Johnson video and get a quarter of a million views in a couple of days, people are still pissed off about that movie. People are going to be pissed off about this for a long time. Yeah. It's Pandora box. What a I mean, idea. I mean, they, I mean, I mean, like they were, they were so pissed, they were so pissed about the prequels until they saw these three movies from Disney. Now they're like, eh, those aren't that bad. <laughs> so, right. You know. Yeah, as, as as you said before, Jeff, nerds have memory, and you know, like you know, there's a there's there's a cost to that. It's like if you make something worse than the thing we we used to hate, like that's you know, that's powerful in itself. Sorry, I had a. Uh... A line of traffic roll down the street, so I had to silence <laughs> myself for a minute, folks. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I think this will be something that we'll be talking about. The but like this, you won't see a Star Wars video come out ever again that there won't have a comment about Gina Carano or what's going on right now. This is going to be one of those things that is tied to the regime of Star Wars. There's a lot of bullshit that's gone on, a lot of fuckery. This is just another one of those things. This is up there with. Well, put it like this: this is the most serious of them. But this is one of those things that will be remembered, like the Russian bots or the Rotten Tomatoes thing. Just these seminal moments in this adversarial relationship between fans. Actually, it's not even the fans that are adversarial. The company that owns the biggest property ever and the adversarial relationship it has with the fans. So um, it's just an ongoing saga, folks. And we've been reporting on it for years. And it doesn't change anytime soon, which is fun. (laughs) Not really. They don't like it it when they push back. No, God, no. No, and and they they keep using the same the same stuff. Your ists and phobes, and you're this, you're that. This, this is why you hate us. It's like no, we hate you because you're you know you're a hip, hypocritical company who wants to be woke, but somehow can't keep like so somehow you know can't do it behind the scenes either. Like you'll say these things and then just you know forget about them and think we don't we don't see them. We can't look them up on the internet with like a few keystrokes and just find these things. Like it's it's ridiculous. Yeah, I mean yeah. they're as easy to find as Chinese concentration camps. Yeah. Yeah, Disney knows. Let's give him a thanks, Disney. Jeez. That 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 really chaps my ass. How the fuck was that not a bigger story? Because they they made it not a bigger story, Jeff. That's why. Yeah. <laughs> That's entirely why. Well, yeah, they were able to, you know, sweep that one under the rug. I don't know how. I don't know how you could sweep something like that under the rug, but they were able to figure out a way to do it. Yeah. Uh, Mike W, that's a line from Dumb and Dumber. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, moving forward, I'm, I'm looking forward to... Actually, let me rewind that for a second. 
I'm waiting for the next faux pas. What do you think the next faux pas will be on the big corporate scale? Uh, who do you think they're going to let go of uh, tomorrow? I mean, oh, they've man. been coming for Chris Pratt for a good long spell. They, <laughs> what does that guy do that's so terrible again? Tell me, Kendo. Oh. <laughs> uh, he is religious and doesn't speak out about wokeism and politics. And when he does say something, it doesn't fall into the party line. Did you also realize he's married to Arnold Schwarzenegger's daughter? Uh, I was not aware of that. Now yeah, he is. He was. He was. Yeah, he was married to Aunt Anna Ferris or whatever. Yeah. Um, now he's been married to Catherine Eunice Schwarzenegger uh, since uh, 2019. Great. Okay. Good for him. Yeah. Dude, it's a. It's a weird like power couple dynamic imagine that that Thanksgiving dinner with the in-laws <laughs> have you well arnold's got an instagram or a twitter have you seen his videos on there he's he's interesting as shit yeah yeah welcome <laughs> to thanksgiving i'm the former governor uh, yeah i i know arnold i'm married to your daughter i'm your son-in-law <laughs> star lord versus terminator <laughs> ah, there we go that would, I mean, just just to see that picture would be would be glorious. <laughs> I gotta yeah, say, I'm to the family, Chris, if you hurt my daughter, I will terminate you. <laughs> if Chris Pratt was in Dark Fate, it might have been just as bad. <laughs> yeah, I'm just saying. I was like, that wouldn't change. Oh yeah, he, he, even Chris Pratt couldn't have saved that movie. No, 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 because all 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 it would have been is like the three women constantly telling him to shut up and be quiet and sit in the back seat. That's all it would have been. Pretty much, yeah. Finally. Saw the other Jurassic Park movies with him in it. He's not terrible. I really like him. He's the only yeah, good part of those not movies. Actually, the worst part. Yeah, I was gonna say he's the only good part. Yeah. Except for when Bryce Dallas Howard runs, that's not bad either. <laughs> that's true. That's true. She's one of those actresses that. Uh, hold on, family. family. <laughs> If I wouldn't get a copyright strike, I'd have a Jeopardy button. Every time a car came by, the Jeopardy theme would play. We would wait and wait. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that, was, that was just a nice burn there, Mike W. But, yeah, uh, I, I see Rosario Dawson's up for uh, in the conversation about stuff being – or people being canceled. Uh, I don't know what she said or did. Does anyone – do you guys know? I don't know. Probably, probably because she she. she just I don't think she's neutral. cancelable right now. Well, well, she probably said something neutral she, and, didn't, and she... didn't take a side, and then that's a problem. <laughs> yeah, but she's like married to or dating uh, a Democrat senator that ran for president last time around, who's mm-hmm. kind of a big name. So I, I would say she's semi uncancelable right at the moment. Now, if they break up, all bets are off. <laughs> but until then until then yeah <laughs> oh um oh so is, they're labeling her as transphobic it says rosario dawson is just the old shit about the trans person who sued her oh okay that's all it is so it's nothing new oh, like god she, to she, the people she, that are she out there her fucking their fucking pronouns in her bio or something <laughs> oh, i like she, rosario dawson she's been a solid actress since i've the first time I've ever seen her. I've never seen yeah. Rosario Dawson give a shit yeah. performance. Never. No, I like her. She seems cool. Very friendly. But I guess yeah. you, know, you can't be nice and friendly she, anymore. She was like one of... 
I mean, there was a lot of great parts of Clerks too, but like her casting in that movie, I, it made it as good as it turned out to be. Oh yeah, you've put somebody else in that spot. I don't think it turns out as well. So we never really get into politics, politics, but when it comes to entertainment and politics, and now Star Wars, you just can't not share it. So Kendo, I know you're not really a criminologist or a, an expert in the field, but I have it on good authority that you know the identity of the Zodiac Killer. <laughs> I do, Jeff. I uh, I didn't have to do much research. I just had to hear somebody say it once during a presidential debate. <laughs> Perfect. Yes. You know what? Going. That's all the proof you needed, damn it. You know what? And if it wasn't for that, there was the gift that came out. And I mean, that the faces morph into each other way too good. Sure, the age wouldn't line up, but then again, you know, kids are craftier. Uh, but yeah, yeah, there, yes, on the on the right you have Ray, uh, played by Razy Diddley, and on the left you have uh, the Zodiac Killer, Ted Cruz. <laughs> oh my God, what is what what is Ted Cruz right now? Almost looks like John Reese Davies, like in a weird way. Because he's hit fifty threshold and he doesn't care anymore. <laughs> you go first. <laughs> so, have you heard the story? Yes, but I don't think our audience has. Yeah, Daisy Ridley hits out at Ted Cruz over emotionally tortured Jedi remark. Uh, Daisy Ridley is hit out at U.S. Senator Ted Cruz after he appeared to slam her Star Wars character in his defense of the former Mandalorian actor Gina Carano. After Carano was ousted from the Star Wars TV series by Disney, Cruz became one of her most high-profile defenders. In a tweet, the senator wrote, Texan Gina Carano broke barriers in the Star Wars universe. Not a princess, not a victim, not some emotionally tortured Jedi. She played a woman who kicked ass and who girls looked up to. She was instrumental in making Star Wars fun again. Of course, Disney canceled her. Many took Cruz's emotionally tortured Jedi remark as a jab at Ridley, who portrayed the emotionally tortured Jedi Ray in the newest Star Wars trilogy. <laughs> Speaking to Yahoo Entertainment, Ridley hit back at Cruz while mocking the recent controversy over the senator's trip to Cancun amid a statewide blackout in Texas. She says, I'm very happy to be an emotionally tortured Jedi who doesn't leave her state when it's having a terrible time, Ridley joked. Jesus. Well, she doesn't have a state. She lives in England because she's from there. But I mean, look, I yeah, I get that he 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 bailed on the people and went to Cancun, whatever the story may be, uh, whatever. It, it, that's that's a boot point. The important thing is nothing he said was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, shit on shit on him all you want for going to Cancun with Texas was dealing with the ice and the blackouts. I mean, that's it was awful optics. It looked terrible that you're the sitting senator from that state and they're all dealing with some horrible things and you're going on fucking vacation. Yeah, it looks bad. That's a bad, bad move. But that has nothing to do with the fact that what he said about Gina Carano and the Disney situation is not, in, is not you know, it, there's nothing wrong there. It, it's completely correct. Spot on. Yeah, 100%. Also, also Ray, Ray Palpatine. Um, this is an America. The, the, once again, like you're in England, this is America. We we're, we're gonna deal with our problem. Don't worry about it. Like you deal with fucking Boris. What's his what's his ass? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Like we. Yeah. Like like keep 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 your keep your shit out of out of our shit. All right. We we'll we'll take care of our our, our we'll take care of our house. You take care of yours. Like just just shut yeah. the fuck up and we don't fucking... around shitting on your House of Commons and Lords representatives. <laughs> yeah. I don't care. Yeah. Yeah, you you say you 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 guys say lockdown for another two years, and we'll go have fun at you know in, in Florida. It's yeah. fine. I'll see go you. Go watch some. 
cricket and eat some crumpets. Not that there's anything wrong with that because cricket is boring, but crumpets are delicious. They are delicious. They really are. Mm, I've never had them. I'll have to try. Oh, dude, they're so good, especially with some melted butter. Oh, dude. You ah. sold me. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I like what Mr. V says. Good for you, Daisy. You own the fact that your character was terrible. You go, girl. <laughs> yeah, that's the best part. She could have just played that off as like, I don't know what he's talking about. No, she just straight up said, that son of a bitch is talking about me. Because she just straight It's like anytime you make like an like a passive aggressive comment that could be just interpreted a certain way and the person that you're saying it about could just no sell it but instead they just fucking latch on that and own it and it just puts it back on front street like oh yeah he was talking about you i didn't realize that huh good job <laughs> uh by the way folks we have over 900 people watching but we only have 411 likes so hit that thumbs up button because like i always say Hit that thousand thumbs up. We'll do a good morning pop culture. Uh, on weeks when the High Council doesn't do it, we you know give the opportunity here. It happened this week, but there's a line of the show, so just again, <laughs> throw another episode on. I don't care. It's fun. Tomorrow I'm going to be crossing over with Tom from Midnight's Edge. We're going to be talking about the comic launch, which again you can sign up for in the link right now. Uh, Jeremy from Geeks and Gamers will be on the launch with the High Council this week, so it'll be a big, exciting night. We'll have Anna on board as well. We'll reveal her painting. Uh, it's it's a big show, so make sure you guys don't miss out on it. And uh, the High Council, that picture I've been shown, it's only available for one day. It's in the community tab, so check it out too if you haven't had a chance to see it. Um, but plug aside, all that aside, I am so happy that it's acceptable to just shit on the last Jedi for or the Disney star Wars films from Congress. I don't care what politics are. If your Senator takes the time to shit on the star Wars sequel trilogy in the middle of a speech or whatever, a moment, a, a tweet, you fucked up. <laughs> well, I love, I, I, I also, the only the fucking... way to <laughs> say the only way it gets better is if he would have proposed a congressional resolution declaring The Last Jedi is a bad movie. That would have taken the cake. <laughs> if we would have, I mean, even if it was a fucking joke, even if it was a joke, I know. Even if it, even as a joke, like tries to, like, you know, pork barrel it into some kind of bill to, like, you know, declare that it's a national tragedy that that movie was ever made or something like that. It would be fantastic because it's not like our government's busy doing anything else other than wasting our time and money. <laughs> that's, that's for goddamn sure. <laughs> Now, uh, to to get back with the audience, uh, we had a lot of people that want to talk about uh, characters that had uh, part of their name removed. So first off, though, Thunder Robots says, potato my hole. <laughs> so that's just of- combining two different games. And that's just that's when we start to lose uh, the rules and the chaos ensues. Well, what about everyone's favorite board game, Mr. Potato Hole? Oh, that's not grown up. Uh, I don't believe I did. Uh, I guess we uh, weren't from the right side of the tracks. <laughs> I didn't go to private school. Though. Yeah, I, I I've never heard of that game. I really haven't. Yeah. Uh, TLJ Screwjob says Rogers Neighborhood. That just doesn't sound right. It's missing the the Mister. It's Robinson's Neighborhood. Yeah, it's Robinson. <laughs> it's a beautiful bit. Never mind. I need to watch those soon. It's, it's are you guys good. getting excited coming to America too? Like I'm legitimately interested. I, when when I first heard about it, I was kind of pissed off. I was like, ah, oh, damn it, we're doing a fucking part two. 
and then I watched the trailer and I was like, okay. As, as soon as you see the trailer, you, you see the fucking barbershop bit, and I was like, all right, we're good. <laughs> yeah, I, I was cautiously optimistic when they announced it. I saw the trailer, and I'm just like, there's a 75-25 split on whether this one's going to be good or bad, just because like most of the trailer... The, okay, the stuff that involves Eddie Murphy and Arsenio Hall looked good. Everything else, I'm just like, eh, I don't know how this is going to go. I, I look at based on his SNL and the stuff I saw from Dolomite, Eddie Murphy really has it in him. I don't know if he's just been waiting all this time or what, but I gotta have something to look forward to. Well, I mean, I mean, he he did pick a perfect time to come back. I mean, we do need him, so it's it's good. Oh yes, <laughs> yeah, yeah. We 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 yeah. definitely need him, and and like the yeah the the, the trailer does look uh, look interesting. So I'm with you, Kendo. Yeah, seventy five twenty five uh, is definitely the the way I'm going to. But we will see. We will definitely see. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, he's the so, hero we need. Yeah, do we deserve him? No, no, we do not deserve Eddie Murphy. If he's going to be old school Eddie Murphy, we do not deserve that as a society because of all the shit we've done to ourselves. But we need it. We really need it. We need that comedy back. I know. Uh, now, to the folks in the chat who are asking about the Buffalo Jeff voice, uh, maybe if Swinging Cod's in the chat, that usually triggers the voice. But I was really looking forward to having Dion here tonight because if Dion was here, the voice would make him that much more uncomfortable. So. <laughs> the, the, I love, I, I love how they've dubbed the the Buffalo Jeff voice. Like that's that's yeah. really fucking creepy. Is it like Buffalo hey. like Bill from Silence of the Lambs reference there that I did get? Yeah, that ain't me. I'm from Buffalo. Uh, well, that works too. Goodbye, yeah. horses. Yeah, flying over you. <laughs> so, uh, Rob Brands, thank you very much. Rob says. Where can we rank a possible Charlize Theron lesbian diehard remake in regards to stupid movie ideas of 2021? Just stop trying to woke great movies. (laughs) So Um, I have heard about this of you. Well, Charlize Theron did have a lesbian scene in Atomic Blonde. Okay, and that's not a problem. So I'm I'm, I'm not saying it is, but she had, okay, do you you remember the girl with the fucking knife legs in Kingsman? That's what she had it with. Ah, maybe I should watch Atomic Blonde. (laughs) And it was, it was a fun movie. I really enjoyed it. It was actually really good. I just go to Pornhub and find that scene on there without having. That's watched true. No, that, that's no, that's true. That's true. Oh, well, I don't just know. I don't know. Pornhub to the chain Porn that up, way. Pornhub is fucking cleaned like a good good portion of shit out. So I don't know how how easy it'd be to find now. We might have to go to like fucking X videos or Red Two, whatever the hell else they have, and just try to find it there. There you go, Nick. Uh, how many other red lights can you just name off the top of your head like that? <laughs> <laughs> don't judge me, goddammit. Descriptions? Do you have? Yeah. <laughs> Listen, all right. I fund a, I fund a lot of a lot of single ladies on OnlyFans. Okay, don't judge me, dude. You're single handedly saving the economy. <laughs> you're a hero, and I respect you. Hey, man, not all heroes wear capes. You do. <laughs> some only some only the bedroom gallons of Jergens laying around. <laughs> not gallons, like more more like liters, but we won't go into that. Enough liters make a gallon, Nick. <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> just because they're in individual containers doesn't make it not add up yeah that's not how fluid works it has to go somewhere Nick we don't need to know where that's what she said so we love to talk about a specific actor who um, I don't know he's lost his way kind of like a puppy 
And normally, when a puppy loses oh. its way, you're supposed to go out there and find that fucking dog. But uh, this guy right. losing his way makes me very happy. So, folks, look at the screen right now. Uh, shield your eyes if you're afraid of a smile. But this man right here, Mr. Jordan Peele. <laughs> we have talked about him ad nauseum. Oh, God. For many, many different reasons. That is raper face. <laughs> I can officially say, guys, tonight is the happiest time in my entire life that I've ever talked about Jordan Peele since the existence of this show. Are you guys ready? Yes. Jordan yeah. Peele's The Twilight Zone canceled after two seasons. Fuck you. It's done. Yes. God. I no more hate Kendall apology tours. Ah <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, uh, that yeah, that's 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 amazingly happy news. So uh, officially, the Twilight Zone will not return on CBS All Access when it's rebranded next month as Paramount Plus. The anthology series from exec producer Jordan Peele and Simon Kinberg has been canceled after two seasons on the Viacom CBS backed platform. Sources say Peele and Kinberg's companies were both ready to walk away from the series. Although CBS All Access Paramount wanted the series to continue. So that's kind of interesting right there. Now, we talk about uh, entertainment on a, on a deeper level. We talk about shows that are allegory. We talk about shows that have great metaphor, all these wonderful things. And The Twilight Zone has always been this cornerstone of television shows that have a message that isn't preachy, that isn't um, over the top. Some of the moments on the Twilight Zone are over the top, but some of the messages really ring true. And that's really mm -hmm. telling because at the beginning of the show, we talked about a sitcom that we referred to as the Penis Van Dyke, excuse me, the Penis Van Lesbian Show. <laughs> now, the Dick Van Dyke Show in reality is a contemporary to the Twilight Zone. I don't know exactly how many years there is a, as of a crossover, but I'm going to guess off the top of my head, there's got to be at least a few. So my point I'm trying to get at, though, is we look at a show like Dick Van Dyke as this archaic idyllic version of 1950s America through the lens of a couple old guys. But we also look at the Twilight Zone as this shining example of humanity put on television. One of those things doesn't need to be improved upon, and one of those things is fun to be lampooned. Dick Van Dyke, what does he do these days? Well, thankfully, he's still alive. He consults on WandaVision. That's how they look back on those sitcoms of the, old, the older era. They're looked back as fun, cliche, Passe, all these things, but they're considered the past. The Twilight Zone is one of these things that remains relevant because the message, no matter how old the show gets, those messages are still true. Human, The people that wrote those shows understood humanity. They understood mankind, and that's why those shows don't become dated outside of the clothes or some of the, the phrases they use. Now, Jordan Peele tries to... <clears throat> Here's what happens with the Twilight Zone. Every generation or so, every couple decades, they just try to reinvent it. You have the 80s version, which has some great moments. You have the Forrest Whitaker one, which our buddy Cameron Pasha wrote for. And then Ooh. you have the Jordan Peele one, which we have watched extensively over on Patreon. We've reviewed the episode. We gave it a fair shake. I am one of these people that will always joke on the show about uh, Tales from the Hood 2, about how you feel bad about existing when you watch that movie. And that's how I feel about Twilight episodes. I just feel bad for being a person. Like, I'm not dark enough. I'm not white enough. I'm just in this weird gray area, pun intended. And shows created by, you know, in this way, uh, always paint these situations that create a person like me in a terrible way. So I'm stuck watching shows that say, they don't really say you know, but they're implying it. And so when I watch a guy like Jordan Peele's Twilight Zone go out the window for all the reasons, I'm happy. 
So I know this sounds like a long vindictive way to say fuck you, but seriously, that show causes so many problems. And you talk about uh, race relations and American shit. Kendo, how uh, off-putting was that episode about the college with the cop? Uh, extremely off-putting, Jeff. Uh, it was... How do I say this in a way that doesn't make it made me extremely uncomfortable to watch it, not because of the message, but because of how super fucking heavy handed it was, especially for me, somebody that has, you know, friends of all shapes and colors and sizes and knows police officers of all shapes and colors and sizes. So it's just like, yeah. When you said that it, it's got a it, this one, the Jordan Peele one had a had a message that implied it. That one didn't imply it. It just straight up fucking put this out there and said, "This is exactly what I'm trying to tell you. And this is exactly what I want you to think is the real truth and the real way things work." Yeah, and it's the fucking episodes. Well, you, even then, like the first episode is um, what is it? Uh, tear it, what thirty thirty thousand feet or forty thousand feet, whatever it is, and they put this fucking like you know new generation spinning it but making it a goddamn podcast you know it's like oh this is what we're gonna do yeah. to make it make it seem cool and everything and you know have this podcast predict everything that's gonna happen to you and it's like first of all shatner made it hilarious john lithgow made it even better in the movie and you just make it boring i don't know how you make this particular skit boring but you fucking did and i gotta give i them would rather watch tales from the hood too than a single episode of Jordan Peele's Twilight Zone. Woo! Woo! Now, I gotta say, to be fair, that first episode with, I believe it was what, Kumail Nanjani? Yeah. Like, that was a good episode. I will give that one credit. Yeah. Because that was the free episode they gave out to everybody. That was that tester. I went, all right. It was a I fucking bait and switch. It was yeah, a it was. series. Because that show was damn good. That was a damn good episode. I thought to myself, if this entire Twilight Zone show is this, I'm going to go on the channel and say, hey, folks, I was wrong. I was completely wrong. It was wonderful. Yeah. That one episode was damn good. The rest, god it, damn it, dude. Like, not even about shitting on the legacy. It was like it, an actual Twilight Zone episode. Yeah. It was like an actual Twilight Zone episode where you felt a little crazy watching it. And it had really great moments. And it had the fucking Dutch chill angles. It had all of it. All of those hallmark elements of the Twilight Zone were there on display. But when it became about, you know, oh, these are the episodes you've paid for now, then you really got the message behind the uh, Jordan Peele Twilight Zone. And look, at folks, I just marked this one up as a big win, a win for sanity. Almost, folks, Hollywood, whatever people out there that be, Viacom, CBS, realize the Twilight Zone is a forever show. It should forever be streaming. It should forever be available. It should forever have its 4th of July marathons. It should forever be sacred and never be touched. It should, it, it, it really should be public domain at this point, in all honesty. Um, even though it's what is it 60 60 plus years old it's 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 tell i mean it's a it's a it's a it's a reward reward to its you know to, to how good it is and also like a telling of how 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 poignant it is to human human beings and just people in general that the show that's 60 plus years old still resonates with everybody who watched it regardless of generation or kid or, or whoever you know you just get it immediately you know what they're talking about you know the underlying subtle subtle story they're telling and the, the thing they're trying to teach you and it's wonderful in that aspect right. because like it's it's they did it they fucking nailed it 60 fucking years ago and they've been trying to fucking trying to get you know catch lightning in a bottle again and they just can't they really really can't and it's sad, but also, you know, just telling to see to, to, to how great um, 
the storytellers wore and how good they how good they were at, at their job back then during when like making any making any TV show or anything like that was fucking tough, man. And they did it. Yeah, and you know, um, all of those old craftsmen and women. Well, mo- let's just be honest; it was the fifties, mostly dudes that worked on that show. There were some women writers and stuff, but the craftsmen that worked on the Twilight Zone. Uh, it shows on screen. Yes, there are hokier elements, but there are also really impressive elements too. And it's all about the writing and the ideas that are presented there. And I just wish people that had the, to the people that have the influence to get to make the Twilight Zone, use that power well. It's not just about it being the Twilight Zone. It's about the perfect vessel for social allegory from whatever area you're in, if you just do it right. The Twilight Zone could have another life with the right person. I don't think Mm -hmm. Jordan Peele, actually no Jordan Peele wasn't the right person. Not to be the face of it, not to be anything. And it's not a color thing. We've had a black guy that was the face of the Twilight Zone with Forrest Whitaker like 20 years ago. Yeah, and his his stuff was, was what, pretty good, right? Pretty solid run. I mean, there's a lot of remake episodes, but there's some damn good ones too. Yeah, well, I'm sure if you put that up against this current one, that that one's probably better than than this one, so. Oh, dude, yeah, I'll, I'll back... 19 uh or sorry was it 2002 twilight zone over the new one i'll go original 80s 2002 and then this one so in the order they came out it's just a law of diminishing returns also too i wouldn't be opposed if you do remake the twilight zone one more time make it period make it black and white uh make it make it eerie make it timeless yeah now 007 cloud says f jordan peele yeah i love key and peele big fan of that jordan peele but modern him just dude have some fun smile lighten up bro we're all here we're in on the joke i fucking loved every every episode of key and peel had a great skit i just don't get how people lose that so quickly it's it's it i think i mean i mean in, in like even the second episode being horribly heavy-handed there were some in there that just like there was one about the meteors that came down that turned men violent and then they had like like they literally had two dudes in the background fighting. I think like like a black guy, but they both had red hats on. And I was like, "Oh, this is fu- I know exactly what you're saying here." There's some other ones as well. I right. think like the space one they had, where they were like launching into space as like a nuclear attack was happening on the U.S. was fucking interesting because I was like, "This is really compelling. This is a really good one." And then I, th- I think I quit. I think I quit watching after a couple of them because I was just like, "I'm fucking done." And then I had some friends watch season two that came out uh, this last October, and they were just like, "Yeah, it sucks." Yeah, it's um, yeah. You just need Sorry, the right people to make the right stuff. You what now? <laughs> Sorry, I had my mic muted because you know family. Yeah, family, family. Uh, I I have a morbid curiosity for the Candyman remake. Isn't that going to be on HBO Max? Yeah, it's coming out in I think October. But also, like, well, I did a whole video on Patreon about remakes coming out, and I didn't name that he's doing. Th- well, he's done one, and he's. He's he's penned to do two more, and he's I, I know he's producing them. He's only producing them as far as I've seen, but his name is still attached to them, and still scares me. Um, Candyman's going to come out. He's attached to do uh, People Under the Stairs, and he's attached to remake. I think through Blumhouse. I could be wrong about this, but I but he's attached to do uh, the Nightmare on Elm Street remake. So there doesn't need to be a Nightmare on Elm Street remake. It'll be. I mean, New Nightmare is not a remake of the first one, but you had the, the 1984, you had the 2010, no, 11. 11. Yeah. yeah. You had that remake. Yeah. What, I don't understand what the impetus, like, I get what they're trying to do. They want to make horror be an allegory for black stories. Okay? Yeah. There has been, Tales from the Hood's probably the best one that's ever been made. And I'll stand by it. Just the first one. The second one, 
could suck a dick. But that first one still stands the test of time as a really great socially relevant in quotations horror. Yeah, film. and 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 the the way they did that one is the way they did the uh, the original Twilight Zone. It's like it's subtle, but you know what they're talking about. It's not like beating over the head with anything. It's extremely like they're telling a really good story. They're really good characters and actors and everything, and the underlying story is really subtle. And you know what I really like about that mm-hmm. movie and movies of that era in general. Any any really solid movie that's about not you know any people from different walks of life is they're not afraid to show them as like people from different walks of life i'm so glad that in tales from the hood they weren't trying to uh, downplay the domestic abuse issue they're like well that could be a played as a stereotype by modern standards we need to you know rise up no they're trying to tell a story about domestic violence and how the guy's literally a fucking monster and because they're able to go there and show people be bad just because whatever reasons uh, when you're able to show David Allen Greer be a bad guy you tell a really good story when you're able to put people no matter what they look like in these roles of characters good or bad you tell a really great story I don't like what they do with movies you don't even have to call it like minority movies or anything like that but like when they try to like I don't know what the phrase is because I'm in that weird category it's like churching it up or showing it better than it really is like trying to make an idealized version of a walk of life that that makes it more disingenuous i'd much rather have a, a sobering look at certain economic lifestyle choices x y and z than well we want to make it look cool like they do the big bang theory to geek culture like everyone's oh sex jesus christ don't, don't make it started on fucking that thing thankfully we don't have to because that show's over nick we can you know what we should do every week nick we yes. should take one minute Big Bang Theory is canceled, folks. It's over. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> well, not just okay. Like I have, I wish, I wish with a, with that 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 show and the whole goddamn like range of shit that they messed up. But I won't go into it. Um, but I mean, like you, like for instance, like then the, you know, talking about um, um, uh, the movie you were talking about before. I fucking lost the name of it now. God damn it. Tales from the Hood. Thank you. Tales from the Hood. I don't oh. know why I forgot it. I just fucking blanked. Um, uh. To, to talk about Tales from the Hood, especially especially in that segment, you, you made in the '90s. You made you made people hate David Allen Greer in the '90s for a second. The fact that you could do that tells you how good it is, because David Allen Greer is funny as fuck. I love that man. He is hilarious as shit. And the fact that in the '90s, during I guess the height of his career, you made people look at him and be like, "Oh, that asshole," is fucking amazing. Dude, I'm about to pull up a picture. It's the guy. It's the cop from Jumanji. I mean, yeah, how, yeah. When, when I saw this movie, I saw Tales from the Hood as a kid. Uh, it, it's fine. It's it was scary back then because I was a, I was what six years old, but it really isn't scary at all. It's a it's a funny movie. But I I recognized David Allen Greer because he had been on a ton of shows. We watched uh, In Living Color. Yeah, as a kid, I watched In Living Color. Men on Film, Two Times <laughs> Around the World. He was fun. <laughs> then he's he's uh, isn't he in Blank Man? Yeah, yeah, he's yeah, he's Blank Man's sidekick. Yes, Other guy, I think. <laughs> and then you have him in this, and then to see him play an abusive stepdad that was hitting this kid, it was like a, it was a big game changer. Wow, okay, the guy's got some range. Now he's played mostly goofy roles since then. But my point is, if you're gonna put, if you're gonna take these horror movies and you want to use them as an allegory for uh, the black experience. Make sure that you're going to show it accurately and you're not trying to uh, idealize it to make yourselves feel better or try to represent whatever. Like, I'm from whatever walk of life you want to probably put into that category. Show it yeah, out. And, 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 and if you if you put vampires in your fucking movie, you do it goddamn right. Yeah, like Tommy <laughs> Wiseau. Make sure they drive uh, Mercedes and shit. And they fly. <laughs> right. 
I still remember that fucking what was it like the, the second or third segment of the second one we watched, and it's like they 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 fucked up their own their own like logic of like how, like how to see vampires because like, could you can see them in mirrors, but somehow you can see them in cameras. Like it was a, it was so dumb. I was like, what right. what the fuck is going? Well, no internal. Yeah, when they went to when they went to to film the yeah when they went to film them they were in the vampire girls had disappeared they were invisible but then after they uh, drugged them and they uh, put the guys into like cages they were talking to them through video cameras like there was pick the TV screens in their little holding cell thing and the girls were in looking into a camera and talking to them so yeah they dicked up their whole vampire concept within a span of thirty seconds. It was wonderful. It was it was just like wow, you guys really fucked this up. And it's it, and it's it's odd to see like the same director try to make the same thing and screw it up the second time. It's like you you have the the formula for this. It's the first one. Just do that and somehow I don't know, I guess he wanted to be like Jordan Peele or something and he's like I'm I'm going to be the, I'm going to be the next Jordan Peele. I'm going to be right next to him. We're going to make the same shit. It's like, no. 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 Oh, we had a super chat from Stephanie Corbano who says Black Mirror season one ruined Twilight Zone and the rest of Black Mirror. That season one is fucking good, though. That first episode, like, fucking got me. That, oh, yeah. man, that first episode, shit. We're still talking about it. What, how old is that? Like, seven years old now? It's old, man. But yeah, like, that first episode, when, 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 you, when you learn the premise of that first episode, yeah, the pig fucker, <laughs> it changes. It changes your fucking life, man. I swear. You're like, what? They want to do what? What to who? Oh yeah. man! <laughs> like they didn't. They didn't play any games. They didn't. They didn't. They didn't you know. Like, you know. Fucking hold back punches or whatever, man. Like it was. Oh, yeah. They they just went for it. Dash attack. You are wise. He says monsters on Maple Street is very relevant today. <sighs> oh shit! Yeah, you. Are. Yeah, it is. Yeah, uh, it is. yeah. Yes, it is. That witch hunt mentality, all that stuff, that's out there. That's what's going on right now. Yeah, well, I mean, it's it's it's, 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 it's not really going on in the street, but it is, like that mentality is going on, on on the internet, and it's really, yeah, it's the same thing, just the the same thing sixty plus years ago, just on the internet now, and with dumber people. <laughs> uh, also, to Kiefer Riley Johnson, who says Jeff needs to do his own version of the Twilight Zone. Uh, in the back of the comic, I have anthology, which is my I was what. Almost ten years ago, when I was playing around when I created it, but uh, there are anthology stories in that vein, and that's my wheelhouse. Uh, you know, down the road, if you're like Jeff, what's one ongoing comic series you'd like to do forever? Anthology. I like to tell small stories that have those kind of twist endings, O Henry endings, as Stanley like to call them. They're fun for me. And uh, moving forward, every time I release, have a big release, I'm going to throw at least one of those in the books. Just uh, you know, get it out there to let people know that's what I'm passionate about with those types of stories because. Sci-fi is the perfect vessel for everything, and that's why we're so passionate about it. Now, Star Wars is in that weird science fantasy category, but Star Wars also appeals to the spiritual side of people. That's why we feel a certain way about Star Wars. Uh, I'm reading this really interesting book, The Secret History of Star Wars, where it talks about the influence of the spiritual movement in the late 70s and how Star Wars accidentally tapped into that, where oh, wow. people read into the meaning of the Force and put their own, they ascribed their own uh, spiritual beliefs to it and then it kind of took on its own life and the reason i bring this up is because you have all of these science elements you know i don't want i just want to put, call it all sci-fi just to keep it into a nice ball but whatever this package is across the board you found a way to excite you found a way to entertain and you also found a way to comment on what it means to be a human i don't love blade runner the way most people do but i do like 
you know, thinking about what what humanity truly is. Am I a little tired of the, that one? Yeah, because the the robot, whatever. But in general, I love the stories of humanity, the human condition, and I love them under those really cool guises of you know laser swords, explosions, cyberpunk worlds, flying cars. Like it's really the most universal storytelling uh, approach, and that's why big companies. That's why the studios will always go back and try to invest in a Valerian or all of these other universal things because all of those science fiction properties have the universal appeal. And if they're done right, unlike what they're being done with now or how they're treated now, you will have, uh, you know, lasting appeal for centuries, for a century to come if you handle it right. I mean, look, Marvel Comics have been around for 60 years almost. Yeah, shit, I think this November, Fantastic Four turns 60. Jeez. We'll theoretically live to see the Fantastic Four and the Marvel Universe be around for 100 years. That won't even be like, we won't even be that old when we're talking about it that way. So... You know, fuck, just don't ruin it, folks. Right? <laughs> I'm sorry. I get passionate. I got on these. Hey, man. Things. Hey, you're, yeah, you're allowed to, man. We're, you know, we're allowed to. That's what we're here for. We're here to you know, express show. our passion for these things. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, that's what we do. Well, I'm having a good time. So, uh, we do have a lot more to talk about. I can't believe how many things there are to cover this week. Um, let's talk about a fun one because I think we need a nice little palate cleanser. Uh, now, Kendo, what do these two guys? Yeah. Oh, this is the right image. Uh, what do these two guys mean to you, right here on screen? Well, let's wait for it to come up. And <laughs> uh, it, these two guys mean a lot to me. It makes me think of being ten years old and having most of the best jokes go over my head while my dad is laughing at them, and then me not getting it. Uh, only understanding the visual humor of the show and then, you know, getting older and realizing all the shit that I missed. But, uh, oh, dude, this is like the epitome of the early 90s right here. This was, I loved Beavis and Butthead as a kid. Um, I loved the movie. I thought it was great. The rural revival thing that they did like 10 years ago, I didn't think was nearly as good as the original because uh, as part of the original, because as a kid, you love the cartoon aspect. You hate the vid, you hated watching the videos. And, as you get older, you're like, the videos are the best part when they're riffing on that stuff. And then, then, then they were, they were making fun of like YouTube videos and things like that. And it was like a shitty version of Tosh.0, which is the shitty version of hanging out with your <laughs> friends. Um, <laughs> that, so if they're talking about bringing them back, it's not going to fucking work. That's all well, I'm going to say, because that, existed in a time capsule vacuum of the early 90s when you could get away with shit that you cannot get away with now and i don't see how it's possible also well, on that note mike judge released the actual fucking episodes i understand the video concerns and things like that but you when you put out your collection thing most of the early stuff wasn't missing because it was too controversial i yep i have the the mike judge collections I also have a channel on Pluto that plays the Mike Judge collection in perpetuity, and it sucks because I, I like the show exclusively for Beavis and Butthead. The music videos are fine. I can live without them. But the fact that the fire, 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 and all that shit's been removed, uh, but don't worry. They're not trying to bring yes. the show back. There's good news, though. They're making another movie. So uh, Beavis and Butthead are set to return in a brand new spinoff movie. The iconic 1990s MTV comedy duo will be returning to or be coming to Paramount Plus for the streaming services forthcoming launch. The characters shared in the news. So the characters were shared in the news during a Viacom press release, blah, blah, blah. So 
Beavis and Butthead are going to make a return to screens, our screens and TV screens, but it's a movie. Now, Kendo, you brought up Beavis and Butthead Do America. Nick, uh, do you like that one? Oh, dude, I fucking love the movie. I remember watching it as a kid. Like, I, I was like, I, I kind of remember watching the MTV, um, the animated MTV um, shows back then, and they were fucking crazy. Um, Beavis and Butthead were the were the tame ones, with, like you know, with looking at looking at the things they did in them and everything. Uh, these guys were hilarious as shit. Um, I remember um, what is this? What, a- Aeon Flux. There was a couple other ones there as well that oh, were yeah. really on TV. Yeah, dude, like they were, they were like, th- like they pushed, they really pushed the envelope, I think, for like adult cartoons and things back then. And I really liked that aspect because they were, they were fun. You weren't allowed to watch them, but you know, you tried to when you were a kid and like they were a lot of fun. Uh, but no, man, I, I remember watching the Booze Butted movie and everything. It was a good time, but I don't know, man, like <sighs> Paramount owns, oh, like they're also the ones showing like Dark Star Trek Discovery. So like it really, <sighs> I'm really worried about this. I'm super worried about this. I personally am going to remain optimistic because the 2011 revival, which I can't believe was a decade ago, I liked it. Didn't like it more, but it doesn't suck. I'm in the boat of the original show, the movie, that's, you know, Beavis and Butthead Prime. But I, if those, when those shows came on 10 years ago, I watched every one. I mean, I think they had some classic moments too, like when they were cutting the onions and one of them starts to cry. And then they're at the, at the very end of the episode, they're in the old people in the fucking retirement home. They're like, you cried, you were touched. Like it was it just some great moments of that show. And I'm going to give this one a shot. Mike judge. I still love the guy. He has not disappointed me on uh, enough fronts for me to even be concerned. Uh, I didn't like extract fine. I didn't like that movie and I've never watched the good family. So I really don't know what he's up to these days. But 13 years of King of the Hill, there wasn't a single episode that I'd call bad. There were episodes I liked more, but I wouldn't say anyone was unwatchable. Beavis and Butthead. Yes, Kendo, they need to release all that shit because embrace it. It exists. This isn't Star Wars where you can wipe away your past and release, you know, all these other alternate cuts. You just got to fess up, dude. It was funny 30 years ago. It's still kind of funny now. It just makes some people uncomfortable. Guess what? There's a lot of shit out there that makes other people uncomfortable, but we're supposed to just willingly be happy about it. So fuck. Oh, no. No, if they, if they were to release the complete set of it, they would they would mint money. 100% they would. Even if they did a pre-order oh, yeah. for it. It'd be a license to print money. Oh yeah, dude, 100% they would. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm serious because, like, once again, the 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 kids who grew, who, the kids who watched it so many years ago, have grown up now, have money. They want, they want this back in their lives. They want this, you know, in their home collection. Yeah, they're gonna, they would, they would, they would, they wouldn't know what to do with the money that they fucking made from it. Like, it would be ridiculous. As Tom says, it's a movie and a show. So thank you, Tom. Oh, okay, so all right, well, yeah. Still, I mean, just dealing like having to deal with the company and everything like that. They might have to. I, I'm, I'm, I'm on the fence. I will watch it and I will give it an honest opinion, but I'm on the fence. Now, our friend Jabraylon Van Zant says, "I grew up watching Dari after Beavis and Butthead came out, then King of the Hill and Mission Hill." Oh, Mission uh, Hill! Holy shit! I'm a big Daria fan. Uh, oh God, never watched. I think Daria. I've watched more Daria than I've watched Beavis and Butthead. Uh, I, w- I watch a little bit of Daria, not a lot of Daria. Uh, I remember. I remember Mission Hill. I think yeah. Mission Hill was only like two seasons. Yeah, I've never seen Mission Hill. Wait, no, I think I have, but I just didn't watch it regularly. Um, not Mission Hills. Apparently, there's a place around me called Mission Hills. Uh, Mission Hill show. Yeah, okay, I watched this show. Of course, I watched this fucking show. It just took me a minute to remember the guy with the blue hair. Yeah. 
I used to just love watching MTV. There was something about it. Yeah, man. They like well, like back then they they actually had shit you could watch on like now where it's like just like it's a reality it's a reality TV show hub and it's it's fucking embarrassing. Yeah, we get um, MTV on Pluto, and it's one of those. There's like three MTVs. There's the one that shows like MTV Cribs and Punked all day. <laughs> then there's the one that shows music videos, like legit classic videos. It's just called like MTV Classic, which is fun. And then there's a third one that shows something else, like Rob Deerdeck shows. And oh god, Rob like well, 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 yeah, Rob, Rob Deerdeck and fucking um, Tosh Pointer are the exact same show, just different networks. I'll give Rob Deerdeck a pass because he's from relatively close to where I'm from. <laughs> and Christopher Big Boykins, I believe that was his name. Dude, Robin Big was a great show. I was sad when he died. Yeah. Oh. yeah. He did? Yeah, Big. Oh my god, he died like over a decade ago. Holy shit. I well that show ended. Oh, I had I had no idea about this. I am late to the fucking game. Holy shit. Yeah. Oh my god. Robin Big, that was the Holy best. Shit. I no idea. Yeah, only no idea. Years. Damn, man. Or he, he didn't. He's dead, but that's not why the show ended. I'm wrong, but he did die. I was not wrong about that shit. So, okay. Yeah, he's been dead for a long time, actually. Damn so goodness. it's sad. God, oh, good show. Anyway, moving on, folks. I apologize. Uh, let's get caught up with a couple of the uh, listeners. So uh, Doug Keller says, oh, sorry. We got to go back a moment. He goes, wow, we have to go way back. Sorry. Uh, here we go. Uh, Ninja Lawyer Steve, thank you very much. He says, Black Adam will become African-American Adam. <laughs> yes. Sensible. Or just Adam. Uh, I only observe African-American Friday, the day after Thanksgiving. And for New Year's, I only acknowledge New Year's Rock and Eve of Penis Clark. So I take all the literal titles very seriously in my household. Ninja Lawyer Steve. But other than aside, if they do call him Shiz Adam, like people are rumoring, I'm going <laughs> to... Just not give a shit. The color black is not bad. I'm gonna. There's, I'm gonna not gonna change not black watch panel. it. Jeez. I want to give The Rock a chance as a superhero, but just go back and I don't know, produce well, more I mean, shit. Well, I mean, he's, he's doing that that wonderful show on TV called Young Rock, which you know. Um, See, yeah, my I, mom's no, I'm scared by it. Does she really? I haven't watched it, nor do I care for it. I just. You, uh, you guys know how I feel about The Rock. He's my favorite, yeah, yeah but yeah. I I can't watch that show either. But she every week she's like, "Honey, I watched Young Rock," and she's filling me in, and she's having <laughs> flashbacks to when her and I were watching wrestling twenty years ago. And I'm like, you know what? If this is the show that can make my mom feel connected to me across the country, then damn it, it's a good show in my book. <laughs> <laughs> fair enough. Fair right. enough. <laughs> um, Dean Domino, thank you very much. He says, "Interested? If interested, look into locals. A Patreon substitute." Uh, my buddy Keith has told me about locals. I believe it's the Dave Rubin uh, social media platform. So Dean Domino, uh, we are always looking to expand the WCBS brand. Now, NG1T, thank you for everything. Uh, sends in a $5 Super Chat sticker that says, uh, keep it up. We will. We'll keep going. Uh, the show's not over yet, folks, so keep watching. Uh, Thunder Robots also says, Coca-Cola Bear will now be made a brown bear. <laughs> hey, that was my name in high school. But oh. they don't live in the... They don't live in the Arctic, though. <laughs> it, we don't worry about science. It's about feelings, Kendo. Yeah, feelings not facts, buddy. <laughs> so I feel like we should make a movie that takes place in the Arctic featuring dinosaurs. Actually, that just sounds fucking cool. Let's do that. Yeah. So basically, 
Yeah, so we'll, we'll kind of be be doing Jurassic Park, but not really. Basically, the ice just melts, and we just like oh. find dinosaurs. Yeah. Yes, Captain yeah, ice melts, with that. and these perfectly preserved dinosaurs like float to the surface because they were trapped under the ice, and then we just like bolt them with some electricity, like Frankenstein's monster style. They come back so, to life, and then we we build a park where we're going to keep them, and that people can pay to come see them. Because that's so we're not copyright remaking. infringement whatsoever. <laughs> we're remaking Encino Man with our idea different. Dude, don't even fucking say that. Yeah. Instead of Polly Shorts, Chris yeah. Pratt. Oh my god. Oh, buddy. You know what? I'm 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 sure I'm sure Polly Shorts lives lives somewhere near you. Fucking call him up and be like, we're doing Encino Man too. Get get Sean Austin God down here too. God damn it. Dude. Sean Astin, Brendan Fraser, and Polly Shore probably aren't doing very much right now. <laughs> if we could find a way to raise the funds to buy the rights, we'll make Encino Man 2. We'll film it in Encino. I don't know what the plot will be. Link Linkovich or whatever his fucking name. He'll become a big, rich developer. Or no, he becomes like this great radio host. And he doesn't speak English, and that's the joke. It's like a commentary on the radio or some bullshit. Like, hey, can I tell you guys a story that I think you guys specifically will appreciate? Sure. So I was yeah. uh, just talking to my friend uh, uh, Max Ziegfeld. He's an awesome comic. Uh, does this thing called Porn Awards the Musical. And they were supposed to launch off-Broadway this year because or last year because of COVID and shit. They're doing an album version instead. It's a really fun musical that has all these fun, like, weird sexy type song. They're like parodies of what you would think of classic porn. Mm -hmm. So he's got one like old person porn song and they're, he's using, he's, you know, shopping around to get some names and some celebrities to do the album. Yeah. So they're going to do an album for it to drum up press. Guess who they're trying to get to get to be the old guy for yeah. it. Ron Gilbert Jeremy. Godfrey. Oh, Gilbert Godfrey. Holy shit. Oh my God. And they think they can do that. thing. They think they could get him to do this. So, so that means we will become one step closer to Gilbert Godfrey, guys. Well, I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean, Gilbert Godfrey did did act as Hitler one time on the <laughs> drunk, dr is... drunk history verses or something on, on Netflix. <laughs> what I'm yeah, trying to say is, if uh, if Max books him for this, then I have an in. If you guys want to try to book him for something else, yes, we'll get Gilbert Godfrey on the show. We'll also buy ten copies of the album for Dion for special <laughs> reasons. Uh, research, yes. <laughs> Dion will love that. I think there's a, there's a lot of like there's like fireman stripper songs and stuff. Well, see, Dion already likes musicals. No, there you He's go. a classy bitch. Goes to Vegas, <laughs> and Hillary, snake, they they soak in the nightlife. The thunder from that's down actually under. what they're doing oh, on vacation right now. That, 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 that's really true, Kendo. That's true. <laughs> What'd you guys say? Yeah. I said that's what he's actually doing on vacation. Him and Hillary are going to go see some musicals. Yeah. No judgment, man. If you want to go see Hamilton 25 times, fuck it. Living around house. Hey, I watched yeah. it. For, I watched, we should, I watch we it. should I watch Dark Fate, the musical. And oh, my God. I, I, star I, in it. Oh, God. I, I watched Hamilton the first time on New Year's, and I was like, this is actually really good. Holy shit. I was surprised. Did Aaron Burr shoot him in it. <laughs> yeah, thank God. At least they're oh, good. At least they're historically accurate. No, 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 no. They know. They, yeah, they're historically accurate to, to all that stuff. They really are. But they, they have like kind of a, a a rap thing going on within it. It it it's a lot of fun. It really is. Because unless he unless they're singing and dancing about the Federalist Papers, creating a national bank and currency, and then Aaron Burr shoot him in the fucking head, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> no, they, they they go through the whole thing about the whole thing about his son getting shot and uh, and him getting shot as well. Like they they do the whole thing. <laughs> I'm reading one of the super chats. You're gonna lose your shit in a second. So first oh, off, from TLJ Screwjob, he says the person formerly known as Ruler. I like that one for Burger King. So the personally formerly known as Ruler, yeah. Burger Ruler. 
Okay. It's a mouthful, but so is a Whopper. So perfect. There you go. Boom. Branding done. <laughs> Pass. Uh, Ninja Lawyer Steve says, also, Mr. Pib becomes MX Pib. Like, well, they already took the Mr. off of there. He's He's been Pib for a, just Pib, just playing Pib for a while. Pib extra. Pib extra. <laughs> extra Pib. Now, here's the one that's going to probably, that's my favorite one of the night. The non-gender offensive person, Randy Savage. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I would I would I would love for them to constantly say his name as fast as they could all the time as they were commenting. It'd be funny as shit. Hey, uh since this popped up, uh Kendo, Nick, do you guys hear about the big show going to AEW? Go big boar, go home was telling me about it. I did. Yeah, man, they're AEW is like getting, you know, they're 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 getting some names, getting some people. They're starting to, li- you know, like lift up their cred. And um, I really do hope Vince is shitting no, his not. pants because of that. I dude, I personally hope they not. are. I personally hope they are, dude. Pers- dude, not. soon we're going to be on the roster. <laughs> yeah, I was say A- AEW is essentially cloning WCW of the mid to late nineties. Like they're big stars, as you would say. It's fucking sixty-two year old Sting. Uh, yeah, I remember that. They're bringing over the big show now to supposedly wrestle slash comment, be a commentator. And they're also currently trying to build a storyline where Cody Rhodes is supposed to wrestle against Shaq. Yes. Okay. Yes. Wait, are you shitting yes. me? That's not a joke? No. That is not a joke because Cody – okay, so a few months ago – Cody was wrestling, and this girl named Jade Cargill, who's some kind of new person or another, showed up. And like after the after Cody's match was over, tried cutting a promo on him and said she's you know, this, that, and the other thing. And you'll you know I'll be back, and I'm bringing my you know my helper. I'm bringing Shaq, and it's just like it, it can't be that actual fucking Shaq. There's no way. Maybe there's a wrestler named Shaq, and it's spelled like Burger Shack or something. Like no, that. no, no. It's 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 and actually then, Shaka Khan. That's who it is. I feel oh, let's for you. Shaka, see now they mean Shaka Khan. So <laughs> yes. then the build turns into like they get Brandy in a sit-down conversation with the greatest hog watcher in the history of our sport, Tony Schiavone, who comes <laughs> in. He's like sitting down, and Shaq is on one end and Brandy's on another end. And it's like an interview, and it's just really just set for Brandy to go from face to heel, throw water on Shaq and stomp out. So then it was going to be Jade Cargill and Shaq versus Brandy and Cody Rhodes in a mixed tag team match. But then there was a wrench thrown in the works by Cody knocking his wife up. So now she can't wrestle. So now they've got some girl named Red Velvet who's teaming with Cody Rhodes in order for them to fight against Shaq. This is an actual AEW storyline. This is why Vince McMahon is not shitting himself yet. (laughs) But the thing is, it's not even yet. It's substantially going AEW started out as a house on fire and it made everything excited exciting and then suddenly he just started adopting some crazy like wanting to clone mid to late 90s early 2000 or you know the last few years of WCW's lifespan and turn it into a wrestling show um it's not working and now they've signed a, an agreement with impact wrestling which i don't understand how that's a good fucking idea because impact is terrible wait isn't yeah, yeah, yeah. Impact is like kind of far down, aren't they? Uh, they've been kind of far down since they were founded. 
We got more cred <laughs> yeah. than they do. <laughs> oh, geez. Oh, right. Oh, Ring of Honor is higher credibility than Impact Wrestling. The outlaw mud shows that people go to has more credibility half the time than fucking Impact Wrestling. Oh, geez. So, so EW is not anything that anybody should be worried about. It's. Uh, ugh. Yeah, I don't. I don't know about these things. You guys send me these articles, and I'm just like, oh, that seems cool. That's a, that, that seems like a, like a, an interesting idea. I know nothing about this stuff. I really don't. I'm gonna be right. a uh, a mark for a second. I was happy that the Miz won the title, and I watched Raw, and his promo was awesome. I said it. I, if they had been turning him to a fucking comedy job guy for the last six months, it would make a little more sense. But he's a joke, and now he's feuding with fucking Bad Bunny. <laughs> no, he's feuding with Bobby Lashley now. Right, but Bad Bunny was his previous feud to him winning the WWE title. Yeah, you're right. Oh. You know what? And he's just a transitional champion that's going to lose it at Fastlane because they're not going to have the Miz in a title match at the WrestleMania. I mean, they have once before, but there's no John Cena in The Rock to carry the rest. Correct. Now, folks... On screen, there's a man, Mr. Rowan Atkinson. I love now, the reason dude. I brought him up, I'm not here to talk about how wonderful Mr. Bean or Black Adder is. Uh, this article, it's a few weeks old, but no one's really been talking about it, and I wanted to bring it up here on the show. Mr. Bean actor Rowan Atkinson compares cancel culture to medieval mob looking for someone to burn. <laughs> so, uh, British actor and not comedian wrong. Rowan Atkinson. Yeah, he's um, not wrong. Max is also writing an anti-cancel culture play. That dude, <laughs> sign me up. I want to help. I'll draw the poster. It's awesome. <laughs> so during an extensive interview with the Radio Times, Atkinson, who was best known for his hysterical Mr. Bean character, said cancel culture was eroding freedom of speech and made him fearful for the future. He says, it's important that we're exposed to a wide spectrum of opinion, but what we have now is the digital equivalent of a medieval mob roaming the streets looking for someone to burn, he said. So it's scary for anyone who's a victim of that mob, and it fills me with fear about the future. The 66-year-old actor, who is also known for his role in satirical Johnny English films, as well as his long-lasting collaborations with Richard Curtis, blames social media companies and their algorithms for creating binary and toxic environments online. The problem we have online is that it's an algorithm decides that what we see, which ends up creating a simplistic binary view of society, he said. It becomes a case of either you're with us or against us, and if you're against us, you deserve to be canceled. So what do you guys think about uh, Rowan, Rowan Atkinson's uh, comments on cancel culture? I mean, he's completely right. I mean, we've seen it in the la yeah. these last, you know, these last four and five years of the social media companies leaning a certain way, and then if you lean the other way, they 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 boot you out or if you say if you use one wrong word here or there um you know you're you're banned for 30 days or whatever like uh, like like our buddy etep who is uh probably been in probably been in more facebook jail than anybody i know to, to be uh, fair he gets himself <laughs> that jail relatively easily <laughs> that's true he does <laughs> he does but goddamn it's I, fun to hear about I'm it fairly certain he goes out there to see how long he can stay free that's true, but it's funny to hear about it though. It really is because, like, it's oh man, it's like he has. Like, it is. It's hilarious. <laughs> they all get banned all all at once. Every time I see him pop up, he's like, "I'm out of Facebook." I'm like, and the clock is ticking. <laughs> God, now, <laughs> it's funny. Now, guys, this super chat rolled in. And I wanted to read it because it's one of the coolest ones I've heard. It's from Donald Camp who says, "Hey guys, I just signed up for the comic, but I work on a SpaceX catch boat. We're going underway the next few days, and maybe out to sea when it goes live. How long do I have to get the book?" 
Yo, what? <laughs> That's fucking cool. Wait, no, no, no. So, 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 hold on, hold on. You like you're you're on the actual boat that catches the uh, Falcon Nine rocket when it comes down. That's fucking wild, man. Yeah, that is so cool. Oh man, I'm jealous. Yeah. That's neat. Uh, Donald, to answer your question exclusively, uh, you'll have this will be a two month campaign to pick it up. So uh, the day one is the only day you can buy the High Council variant, but uh, you'll be able to get stuff the entire campaign. So Donald, thank you very much. But be safe out there. And if you if you can shoot us an email, tell us if there's anything cool that goes on that you're allowed to publicly talk about. Nick's a science nut, so dude, no, uh, I know really. I'm a yeah, dude. But like when when this what is it? Uh, the crew the, the crew they did the crew one uh, shot or whatever. The the crude um, Falcon Nine rocket with the Dragon capsule. I was glued to my phone while I was sitting in like a parking lot at, at, at Kroger's because I had to go get some shit. And it, it was like I, I had to drive and sit there because it was like five minutes away, and I was like, "Holy shit!" And I watched the whole thing go up. It was fucking wonderful. Uh, even for the last uh, Mars mission, I watched it go up, and I watched uh, what is it NASA on YouTube as it like they were doing the landing for it. And there was seven minutes in hell. Like I watch all that shit. Please tell yeah. me on this catch boat, there's somebody standing, really sized, comically big baseball glove. <laughs> <laughs> that's what elon musk invented just a giant baseball glove to catch oh, it God, out of the dude. sky that's awesome well, well i mean he did he, they, they did buy an, a giant i think it was like a giant oil tanker that they want to turn into a platform to launch rockets from the equator apparently from from doing it that way you, you lose you use less fuel and it's easier to get to the atmosphere for some reason i don't know the math i'm not a I, I, i'm not that good at that so yeah that's just what i've heard you're not Dr. Egon Spengler? No. No. I only I only fuck with uh, spores, molds, and fungus. I respect that. <laughs> so, uh, in a second, we'll talk about something that's kind of disheartening. But while we're on the topic of SpaceX, I wanted uh, to tell everyone, because I've been talking to you guys about it. There's this comic book I discovered called Planetary. It's written by uh, I think it's Warren Ellis and drawn by John Cassidy. And it's awesome. Uh, I just found it because I was reading a, an article about comic book myths that may or may not be true. And I went through it and I was like, oh, this sounds like a cool series. And so I found it on this website and I read it and I'm going to pick up one of the books, like one of the anthology collections. It's it's hard to describe. It's kind of like, you know, there's Quantum Leap and then there's like Fringe. It's like a sh- it's like Warehouse 13 almost in a way too. It's like Ooh. all of these, it's like a group of people that go around the world and deal with like, events so there's one where they go to this island and they're going to deal with this japanese cult but this japanese cult comes across kaiju bodies and so oh, shit. yeah and it's just like in every episode every issue is like a feature of the week type of story where it's like the story ends the craziest one this fucking guy is a cop and he's chasing after a dude and they run through a crime scene that's being investigated by planetary, this you know international men in black style organization. And the dude, the cop, steps on this alien ship and he's instantly transported into the ship. And you're like, what the hell happened to this guy? And the whole story talks about how this sentient ship got lost, you know, 65 million years ago and it crash landed on Earth and he's going to take over this guy's body to, you know, go back home. And just as you're getting ramped up and getting ready to find out about what's going to happen with the story, it's like, it ends and it's awesome. It doesn't suck because it ends. It just like it shows you that all these epic things are happening in this world, but this company has to keep dealing with them. So I can't recommend it enough. It's fucking cool. It's called Planetary. Uh, oh, I love yeah, yeah, I love shit like that. That reminds me of X Files and Fringe. Fringe was a wonderful show because it kind of like 
pushing that envelope uh, to stuff. I mean, once again, it's J.J. Abrams, and he, he can can never end anything to save his life, so that was awkward. But it was still a fun show. Oh, yeah. I haven't seen... Wait, Leonard Nimoy died, right? When that yes. show was still in production, and it kind of screwed it up? Uh, I think so, yeah. Okay. Now, Dion really missed a great week to be here, because we talked about, you know what it means to be less white. So you know, he couldn't be with that. <laughs> but this next topic is really going to hurt him because we're going to be talking about blade. Oh, so shit. there's a new blade coming out. <clears throat> I'm not that excited, but I'm also not that upset. It's not a film that I think we need because the first blade is great for what it is. Oh yeah. But there's more coming. So there really isn't anything we can do about it. But now there might be something to kind of be concerned about. So let me just pull this image up. This is not from the show or the movie or anything like that. This is a fan edit from uh, Alita Battle Angel. But Blade is going to be PG-13. But Kevin Feige is now on record saying that the only MCU film that's allowed to be R-rated is Deadpool 3. But Blade has to be PG-13. What? And people are kind of pissed off right now because Blade is a down and dirty violent vampire yeah you 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 have to like yeah. fucking pierce their hearts and cut their heads off for them to turn to fire and you know become nothing that's not something you can just fucking do with uh you know that you can do pd13 on it's not gonna work yeah it's off brand marvel i get what the, the mcu has done a very good job at bringing the marvel heroes to life but they have to understand like dc actually does a decent job or had done a decent job with this when you when you adapt a certain character, now there's imprints, you know, over at DC like Vertigo. I think Constantine's a Vertigo imprint, and Watchmen yeah. might have been the very yeah. first one. So you have these more mature stories. So you make the films R-rated, you make the shows TVMA. You still have your Justice League cartoons and your Batman movies and all your shit at the theme parks. Like you still have your across the brand identity as the DC heroes, but some DC heroes are not for kids, some DC heroes are. Marvel makes the mistake of trying to make everything for everybody. Not mm -hmm. even if you are age appropriate, you're not going to like everything in the MCU. I don't like every character. I didn't buy every movie ticket just because I love everything. They, they hooked me because I was in on the Thanos story. And so now when we have the big event over and there's nothing unifying these worlds anymore and you're thinking, what's the reason to watch the show? Well, the reason is to get these new characters, these new introductions, these reintroductions and reinterpretations, excuse me, of the characters. And so Blade is going to be new for a whole new generation. And this is that chance to make him cool. Blade doesn't need to represent any rep, um, any portion of culture or society. This isn't a Black Panther. They're not going to be able to aggrandize this character. He's just a daywalker. He means a lot to everybody. And making him like the Punisher. The Punisher is not for kids. The Punisher should not be anything but TVMA or R. Same with Blade. You have other role models and other heroes for kids. Spider-Man, Superman, Black Panther, all that shit. You don't need Blade or shit pancake to get off. Stop it. Or you need Blade to be sacrificed. What do you yeah, guys think about PG-13? Well, I mean, they're, they're, they're obviously going to make all the vampires white. And they're going to leave him black. And that's, that's how it's going to be. And they're just going to have this weird thing happen where, like, there's no black vampires. There's no other, other vampires. It's just, you know, Blade and the white vampires. That's all it's going to be. Now... To be fair, weren't all the vampires in the first Blade movie white? Like, wasn't Blade the only black dude in that whole movie? 
Um, well, not the only black dude. The, 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 there was a guy he meets to, you know, ch- change watches and get his serum and stuff. I think that's it. I could be. I could be wrong. It's been a while. Well, Whistler was white. Yeah. Yeah, he was. Yeah. I need to watch. The oh, oh no, 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 no. The, the, the girl in the hospital he saved. She was black. His yeah, but I mean, like, black. yeah, but those aren't like Blade. That's it. It's Blade, the women, and that's it. Everyone else is white in those movies, which is uh, fine. Yeah. I can't think of it. <laughs> I'm not too worried. I'm not too worried. Uh, yeah, but I mean, well, I mean, like, okay, they, they 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 did that whole like white vampire thing against black people with like what is it, like the 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 Bronx movie, like vampires in the Bronx, whatever, on Netflix, which was just kind of like, it was clearly about gentrification and like people taking over, you know, the, the these parts of these parts of you know these cities and things like that, and making them like upscale or whatever. Um, you mean it's American attack the block? Yeah, yeah, it's 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 kind of like that. It's fucking weird. But um, I don't know, man. Like, I I watched the first Blade recently, and I was like, this is really good. And I was like, you can't do like the bloodbath scene and make it look cool with it being PG thirteen. That's not gonna happen. They had they had Tracy Lords in the fucking first movie in the first fifteen minutes. How do you do that? You can't do that with it being fucking PG thirteen. Yeah, and point is like. This is, you know, like Doug Keller says, PG-13 Blade written and directed by Ryan Johnson. Well, Doug, thank you very much for Super Chat. But that's kind of what I feel like. Like, we've been subverted. This is one of those, like, come on, give us this, guys. We're not asking for something out of the wheelhouse. The Blade movies, if anything, Marvel, know your history. If it wasn't for the Blade movie, you wouldn't be doing the MCU the way you are. And you can look at it like this we talk about dominoes falling and it's a bad thing sometimes the dominoes are a good thing when they fall blade is that first success on the big screen r-rated should be loud touted as one of the greatest of all time uh in terms of what it is it's an it's a kick-ass 90s action film that really helped make comic book movies a thing because people didn't realize it was a comic book movie it shows you that its identity of a comic book doesn't need to be its only identity it can have its own life and its own um you know, a history with along with Blade and Blade so much more than just the comic. It's yeah. it might be interesting to see how Blade Mara was it Mara Hashira Ali. It'd be interesting how he's received because Wesley Snipes has been the only representation of Blade on the big screen. We had the TV show, but even then, Wesley Snipes' Blade has been around for so long that I bet you some of the tropes that people know from the character or associate with the character come from the movie as opposed to the comic. So are they going to be chasing, basically trying to remake the first Blade because that's what everybody knows and loves? Or are they going to take a different approach approach and then alienate the audience because there's only really one Blade? I think, well, this is Disney. I think they're going to try to remake the first Blade and make it seem like it's theirs like they did with fucking Star Wars because that's kind of their MO. Um (laughs) <laughs> yeah I, and them doing pg-13 is just like well i mean like what do you think they would put like pg-13 in, into the theaters and then make an unrated version for themselves on their own platform do you think that would be a thing no yeah okay. not with marvel dc okay. does it but okay yeah so then that, that that we're not even gonna get like an unrated dvd or blu-ray then out of that so it's not gonna <sighs> yeah it's it's one of those things where it's like i want i want like a, like i, I like I'm a fucking grown up. I want my goddamn violent fucking comic book movies. Like, give me those shit. I'm I'm fine with Marvel and their ten years of this stuff. That's fine. And we went through we went through Thanos story, but like, you know, Endgame happened. I blew my load, man. Let's move on now. Like, I'm yeah. like, we're all fucking adults here. Let's see some violence, some blood, some some somebody beat somebody get their shit pushed in. Like, I'm done with this shit. Yeah. Uh, 007 Cloud, thank you. He says there was a black security guard that he kills while the dude is pleading for his life. He only works saying he only works for them. Uh. 
thank you. I yeah. dude, it's been not. I watched Blade within the last year, but I clearly don't remember that. And then Adam Wofford, thank you very much. He says, "No, there was a black vampire. Blade fought a little black girl in the security team." Yep. Yeah, 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 yeah. I remember that. Yeah, the Japanese ones too. Yeah, that's true. Okay, yeah, it's been once again. I, I watched it recently, but not, not that recently. <laughs> so I have to remember. Yeah. I missed the mark by a country mile. Yeah, but well, like, <laughs> like once again, like I mean that it's still a damn good movie. I still think two's better, but that's just my opinion. But man, I fucking love those movies though. <laughs> There's so much. Harry Shear is the voice of Blade. I'll back that one. Harry Shear, <laughs> sold. Felicity Poobell makes an excellent uh, point. She says uh, they can't compromise on a movie rating, but they can compromise on the moral code of a company by shooting near re-education camps. Oh, shots and, fired! And boom. thank that province of China yeah. as well. Yeah, that's well, once again that that's that's entirely the problem. Like they 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 won't make it, they won't make it, they won't make a movie R, but they'll fucking shoot there and you know, um, airbrush out a, a black character because they're going to another country. So you know, aren't you glad they believe something all the time? <laughs> Correct. Shit. They do. It's called money, and that's what they believe in all the time. Even though they don't know, they seem to not know how to make it. Now, I just hope that. Blade, okay. So part of me really wants this to fail miserably. So they go, hmm, what's Wesley Snipes doing? Nothing. Let's just get him to come back. Okay, good. It's done. Fixed. Broken like that. I know. I, I know it's the kid in me that's going. Come on, but why can't Wesley Snipes still be Blade? He's still no, hundred percent. No, hundred no percent. I don't. I don't understand that either. I do not understand that either. Why can't they bring him back? Kind of like you know. It's it's the whole Spider Man thing. Why can't why can't they bring back the fucking dude we love so much uh, and and have have him be Spider Man again? No, we got to have fucking Tom Holland, this little prick, to be Spider Man in in high school who who can't, who can't find his elbow from his asshole. Like, it, or, or sorry, he's he's fucking Iron Man Junior. Sorry. Um, like, why can't we bring these people back? I don't know what the problem is. Like, they're not. I mean, they're not too old or anything that they can still do stuff. I don't see what the problem is. And why couldn't you just have Blade? be part of the mcu i mean what in that movie contradicts what comes before it takes place in what 97 98 yeah uh, in new york city there's some underground vampire activity you never need to mention it again because it's secretive blade was the little slice of life this isn't like spider-man fighting on the brooklyn bridge or the, excuse me the george washington bridge this isn't the x-men you know going to alcohol well alkali lake was kind of secret but this isn't the x-men going to liberty island and causing a sting you know, oh, this is dude. one dude in new york Fighting a couple vampires at night and you know getting away scot free. Blade, like, Blade and the X Men. That that'd be a fucking movie, dude. If it would have been Wesley Snipes Blade versus with the X Men from around 03, like right as Blade. Ooh. So Blade Trinity is 04 and X Men Two is 02 or 03. Excuse me. So like in that window, they film a crossover moment. I don't know what movie it's for, but there'd be there'd be so much black leather on screen. Like <laughs> Uh, you know, a, a nightlight to see your way through the picture. Yeah, every, every, everybody in Germany would be like, "Oh, we love this movie." Yeah, yeah. They'll listen to their scooter albums while they do. <laughs> Stan Bundy, thank you very much for your super chat. He says, "I want to see a Jefferson Twilight Blackula Hunter movie." Oh my god! <laughs> well, it's like DC is giving us the Twilight vampires, Batman, and then Marvel wants to give us Twilight vampires and Blade. So. What it is, folks, is they want to get the female audience to see vampire movies. We can't, guys can't see vampire movies anymore because they can't be cool. No, no, no. They they have to be neutered like fucking PG thirteen and shit. So they can't be they can't be awesome. Mm-hmm. 
You know what I'd really love out of a Blade film? And I'm being serious. This isn't a joke. I'd like to watch a Blade movie that feels like a really fucked up dream. Like, you ever have a dream that where the night just feels like it goes on forever? Like, I want a Blade movie that has, like, a horrific element where he's not scary, but the world and whatever the situation, it's just, like, one long night that Blade goes through. I'd like to see a movie. Ooh, like that'd a be fun as shit, dude. That'd be fucking awesome. Like, yeah. they, I don't know, they, they give him some substance or whatever, and or maybe his, oh, no, no, he, no, he, he can't get his serum, and he's out too long, and, he, and he's, like, away from it for some reason, can't get to it or whatever, and he has to, like, fend off, fend for himself. Dude, treat it like Crank meets Blade. Oh, dude. Oh, my God. Rico. That'd be a hell of a Holy shit. Crank meets Blade. Fuck. Dude, within five minutes, I came up with that concept. Actually, a couple seconds. That would be be goddamn wild. I'm down for that shit. (laughs) Crank meets Blade. Yeah, I just want to see like a hyperkinetic action-packed movie. And you can have it or or or, 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 or or better yet the 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 guy the guy who I guess the, the people who did like uh, the Carl Urban Dread have them do Blade yeah there you go they, they like that movie was fucking violent and bloody and shit have them do Blade bring back Lena Headey too she could be the villain yeah man fuck it <laughs> let's do it she's she's still good she still got it yeah. <laughs> she really uh, had a resurgence because of that right wasn't she I think I read an article. Where it said she was pretty broke right before Game of Thrones, and then she had Game of Thrones that, and then wasn't she in the the, the Purge? Wasn't she the mom in the Purge? Like she had a couple oh, really good years, and then Game of Thrones, and now she's kind of like back on the horse in terms of everything. Either way, good for her. I wish her the best. She's a solid actress. But she is much respect for her. Now. We had a listener, uh, Nomad Lord of Fear, who asked us about uh, the Transformers and G.I. Joe. Uh, it, was a, it was a message over on Patreon, guys. And he's like, do you guys have any love for those shows? And I, I answered, uh, I'll have you guys answer here. I just said, we're all a little too young to have watched those shows regularly, but we're all cool with them. We've all seen the movies, no matter how good or bad they are. So, Nick, what are your thoughts? G.I. Joe and Transformers from the 80s, the cartoons. Do you like them? Uh, well, yeah. I know, once again, I, I never watched them. I was too young for that stuff. Uh, but, I mean, like, I never, I never hated them. Um, they're fine, you know. They're good. They're fun. Yeah. Kendo, same question to you, sir. I uh, never really watched Transformers. Uh, would occasionally watch GI Joe, but I wasn't really big into it. My main complaint was that they shoot laser beams and not bullets. I didn't think that I did. I couldn't understand that because you're at the same time. While I would be watching GI Joe cartoons as a for a five year old, I had already watched Platoon and Full Metal Jacket as a four or five year old. So. Just didn't there just something didn't connect. And I'm just like, eh, I don't get it. Now, this was the perfect week that he had uh, sent that question because there's actually an announcement. So there's a G.I. Joe Lady J live action show in development at Amazon. Oh boy. Uh wasn't she in the second G.I. Joe movie? I think so. Yeah. Uh no, it says she was in the first one. Uh, yeah, 2009. Okay. Uh, she's in both of them. Okay. Oh, cool. yeah. Adrian Palicki, I think that's who's playing her. So it's kind of a weird thing. G.I. Joe is one of those franchises. And I also read an article this week uh, building up He-Man and Masters of the Universe because they're having this big relaunch in 2021. They call Kevin Smith a legendary filmmaker and his visionary approach to He-Man. Oh, and go fuck like, yourself, oh, man. Boy. Jesus. That man doesn't that's... need any more blowjobs. Calm down. Uh, yeah. Maybe if he got more, he wouldn't have made Tusk. <laughs> That's there's the eco. 
There you go. <laughs> well, he's also working on his fucking Moose Jaws movie that ever comes out. Jeez. It's called Moose Knuckle, I believe. I think it's called me. I think you're right. Is it starring Nia Jax? <laughs> yeah, with her hole. My hole. <laughs> By the way, folks, the My Hole game lasts forever, so you don't have to stop. <laughs> no. Um, but would you guys ever watch this show? I think this, I feel like this is such an odd thing to try to adapt. This goes to show you just how, um, a brand name IP will get top priority over good storytelling. Now that's not to say it's going to be shitty because it's GI Joe and just because the movies are garbage doesn't mean everything related to GI Joe will suck. But when I think GI Joe, I think GI Joe, real American hero, are we really able to put out a show with the spirit of that franchise? Are they? Probably not. They're going to try to use it to subvert our expectations and teach us a lesson. It's G.I. Joe. Yeah, if there's if there's a lesson every week and it's really heavy-handed, I'm just be like, fuck this. I don't care if she's female or whatever. It's like, I just don't care for this. Um, but, I mean, it, it's interesting. Like, I'm once again, I'm not a huge G.I. Joe fan. Um, uh, but, I mean, I'll, you know, I'm willing to give it a shot, seeing how how, how it is. Because I know, I know um, people are really uh, giving, uh, what is it? fucking uh the, the the queen latifah tv show <laughs> shit right now the the hell whatever the oh, hell she's the doing equalizer. yeah the equalizer jesus yeah yeah she like people people are like oh, I, don't, I don't know about that like because i mean like they they put a lot of commercials there during the super bowl but i'm really cared jesse, for it so jesse and i were gonna watch that we were like oh well finally well i was because i always joke around and say I've always lived on the East Coast for the Super Bowl. I've never been around or I've never been up late enough to watch one of those shows that they say live after the Super Bowl for. Never. So it's like this year I'm going to finally do that. And our alternative was the Equalizer from Queen Latifah. And I said, no, I'm going to go to sleep. That show looks dumb. Like, well, see, it's, it's, it's one of those things where it's like she's she's older and I don't feel that she could really do those things. That That's that's my whole thing. That's my personal take on it. If it was like a younger if it was like a younger female. That was that looked like she was physically physically able to do these things. I would I personally have no problem with it. That that's just my take. But the fact that it's Queen Latifah and she's like, you know, fifty, it's like, I don't know. You can't you you can't do a double backflip and then double backflip and then two you know shoot two bad guys. Like I don't believe that. I'm sorry. Yeah. Look, there's there's a limit. Even in the the biggest craziest action movies of you know yesteryear, there's a limit. John McClane didn't walk over that glass and just laugh it off. You got to have no. these characters have even look, I know it's a TV show. Not every week. Are you going to show Crockett and Tubbs have a down, down and out moment, but you should try to write them in as much as possible to show these people as human because yeah, we'll get behind the ones that do these fantastical things. If they're believable in terms of who they are as people, that's why Superman still works. I know Superman seems out of touch and Martha and all that bullshit, but Clark Kent is still relatable. We can understand. Plus, there's the power fantasy element. Mm-hmm. He's still yeah. a decently relevant character because you you can relate to him. When you look at something like a Queen Latifah or any any character, it's not even just Queen Latifah on the Equalizer, but anytime you have an action character that has no repercussions to their fantastical moments, you just kind of go, oh, okay, well, they're going to get out of this problem and that problem. It's like, look, even John Wick had to cut his own finger off and deal with shit, so the guy's not invincible. Yeah, I mean, he, you know, he he got stabbed in the first movie so he could get get the knife away from the guy. <laughs> like he's like, right. you know, he's been through some shit. Uh, Ninja Lawyer Steve says, "I'd make vampires cool." Too bad my idea of vampires being stalked and killed by Bigfoot was too stupid to get picked up. <laughs> um, we could do that because that sounds Dude, that awesome. sounds. 
that sounds awesome. The world the world needs some some crazy shit right now. Okay, it really does. Ninja Lawyer Steve, uh, that'd be a funny backup story for a future book. Uh, let us know if you'd be interested. <laughs> we can make that happen. <laughs> uh, Safety Corbano says, I accept a live action GI Joe show if they include live action PSA parody dubs. Gotta have my pork chop sandwiches. Well, no. The, the thing is that if they do those, they'll be real PSA. They'll be real PSA things, and it'll be really fucking right. boring and heavy handed. That's gonna be the problem. So, yeah. I kind of want every GI Joe episode to end and talk or talk to me why I have male privilege and this and that, and why I should sit with my legs closed on a bus and why I should be quiet and all this other stuff. That's how I want my entertainment to treat me, like an God. asshole that I really am. <laughs> it's- just the worst. Oh, that makes me want to eat a bullet so bad. Jeez, oh, I'm sure they're tasty. Yeah, mm-hmm. especially when they're inserted manually or rectally. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just, uh, yeah I, just, we live in. <laughs> I know. Just hearing shit like that makes me want to play Russian roulette with all with all six barrels full. Yeah, I saw mm-hmm. the deer hunter. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, we need a pork chop sandwiches button on this channel. I'm gonna make it happen. <laughs> I mean, I'm the only one that can make it happen, so shut up and right. do it. All right. So I thought this was a fun little story. Last week, we spent a good amount of time talking about uh, the new Mortal Kombat trailer because we were Mortal all in- I'm talking about it. Mortal press one of the buttons it was fun it was a great time <laughs> and it seems like people in the real world are excited for mortal kombat because mortal kombat trailer beats logan and deadpool 2 in views the recently released first trailer for the upcoming mortal kombat movie has beaten records for views surpassing the likes of deadpool and logan so the tldr the, yeah I, I want i want i want the details on how it beat views was it like in one demographic in one city in one in one town in america like it beat the views is that how we're fucking doing this? Because well, no. Um, here we go. It says the Mortal Kombat video game franchise has remained successful decades after its release. Past film adaptation, blah, blah blah. Anyway, the upcoming arrival of the latest attempt is an adaptation that is highly anticipated. This was recently proven by a record-breaking achievement for the film. The Red Band trailer has become the most viewed trailer of all time. The trailer even surpasses blockbusters like Deadpool and Logan for views. The new film is set to release April sixteenth. Yeah, go back to the previous picture. Oh, Raiden. Yeah, why does it look like he's wearing a soup bowl on his head? <laughs> because he is. <laughs> yeah, wasn't he supposed to be just like wearing like a hat, like one of those yeah, straw, hats? straw hat? Yeah, yeah. Instead, he's got this fucking decorative serving dish. I don't know. Maybe maybe he likes ramen. I don't fucking know. <laughs> it's a bamboo hat. It's yeah. called. Uh, well. There's a different one. There's a thing called a uh, Sunny Hill handmade Japanese samurai hat. Then there's a Kevu Chibilla hat. So, yeah, Raiden has a unique. I didn't think Raiden was also Asian. I thought he was like a weird god character and not an Asian dude. I could be completely wrong, but based off every Mortal Kombat game I played. Because when you watched the movie, it was Christopher Lambert. (laughs) It's true. It's true. (laughs) And he's most definitely not Asian. But I mean, I'm looking at the picture of Raiden from the first game. I could be completely wrong, and I want to be wrong. I don't care. I just never took anything outside of like just a guy. Like he kind of looked like a white dude to me. I could be crazy. Yeah, he yeah he did. Even even in the video game, he looked he looked like a white dude. But you know, yeah, here's a picture of his ass. Well, his face, not his ass, but he just kind of looks 
like a short white guy. <laughs> well, it, they kind of put that little purple masky thingy on there. I guess it's maybe to try to make him not look white. I don't know. I always thought he was supposed to be Asian just because, you know, with the hat. Fair. Like I said, I have no problems being wrong. I'm just going based off of Kendo. You know, Kendo, are you, how dare you uh, assume his nationality? <laughs> what realm is he fucking from? That's what I need to tell. Where where do they wear those outside of Asia? Um, it's still it's it it's still it's still not it's it's still not cool, bro. Not cool. Uh, yes, he was in big trouble in Little China. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he was Little China. Yeah. So uh, we also we have a couple more messages. Uh, first off, uh, we have Red Ray Guns. Zontar says Ferrari is returning to Le Mans in 2023. The eighth team to join the hyperclass car with Ford, Chevy, BMW, and McLaren considering joining as well. Now, Zontar, it doesn't seem like I may have any interest in that kind of racing, but I do. So it was my mom's boyfriend. So I actually understand what you're talking about. Um, that was one of their. That was something she wanted to do. They've been dating for a long time. They wanted to go to a big race, but he wanted to go to Monte Carlo for like three days. And she's like, why wouldn't you go for a week? So they never went, but uh, yeah, she still calls me Jesse when like shit happens in the racing world. She'll get excited about it and tell me it's like this person won. I'm like, who is this person? She goes, Oh, like I'm like, I'm there, but uh, I'm sure I'll hear about that from my mom's on <laughs> Um TLJ Screwjob says Jeff's favorite superhero movie is spider person two. <laughs> yes. one. <laughs> Doug Keller has a great. No, 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 we, 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 we don't use spiders too specific. We say arachnid, okay? Arachnid person, too. Ar- arachnid humanoid. Arachnid, arachnid humanoid. There we go. Arachnoid American. Arachnoid carbon carbon based life form American. That's what we do. I feel like we need to have a show dedicated to arachnoid American rights. <laughs> I just feel like it's my civic duty. Uh, TLJ screws up. Thank you. Uh, Doug Keller says, I drunk commentary for the Wolf of Wall Street. Oh geez, would we make? That's, that's like a, a three and a half hour movie, right? Yeah, that's that's an odd. I, I think that's why I picked it because it's, it's it's a long run time and it isn't you know something ridiculous like we've watched before that we don't like. So I was gonna say that doesn't strike me as something you'd want a drunk commentary about, though. Yeah, that's a yeah that's a that's an odd one. That's an odd one, but not a not a bad one for sure. Just an odd one. Well, Doug, you're a patron, man. You just make your official request, and we will make it happen. Uh, also, I was toying around with the idea. The guys heard this off air, but. Uh, we're trying to come up with a drunk commentary for Godzilla and King Kong. So like a, you know, like a double or triple feature. We'd watch like the original Godzilla versus Kong, maybe throw in uh, two other films and maybe make, make a Godzilla or something. Who knows? But uh, if you guys are interested in that, just keep up to date with all of the uh, stuff we talk about. We could watch the really bad one from the 90s. I would actually really love to watch that. <laughs> yeah, me too. We'll get Tom from Midnight's Edge and we'll oh, get... Oh my uh, God. We'll just get really shit faced and we'll watch Godzilla ninety eight. It's a lot of fish. Oh my god, <laughs> that fucking movie! It's something. Yeah, uh, Jamie Dore, thank you very much. He says, "What is the world coming to?" Uh, this world is in the shitter. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Michael Krause, thank you very much. Michael says, uh, "The Muppets is now furry land." Oh no! Don't you dare put that hoodoo on. No, there. no, no! Don't, don't fucking do that. Now, for anyone out there that uh, likes that idea, maybe you should check out a Peter Jackson film called Meet the Feebles. It's about puppets who bang. 
Peter Jackson, Lord of the Rings, The Hobbit, King Kong, you know, respectable or okay movies. Uh, yeah, meet the Feebles, folks. Check that, it out. That man needs needs to get back to some ridiculously fun horror movies, okay? He needs to get back to that shit. Not do these fucking nine-hour epics about walking to walking with jewelry, okay? I want the Frighteners too. Yes, I that's what I want. I would love to see that movie. It'd be awesome. Yeah. Uh, Chime two four seven. Thank you very much. Says I loved Gonzo not as much as he loved his chickens though. Shocked face. <laughs> yeah, that was always kind of gross. That you know, Gonzo yeah. had some foul love. Well, I mean, he loved he loved eggs, bro. Well, that's where they come yeah. from. Maybe that's where they got the idea for that chicken lover episode of South Park. <laughs> Maybe. You guys ever seen the uh, movie Bowfinger? Yeah, when been, it first been, came out. Yeah, when it first came out. It's been, it's been forever ago. Yeah, it just reminds me of that scene where Eddie Murphy's like, Alien love! That's <laughs> all this shit is. Ugh. It's Muppet love. Ugh. Anyway. <laughs> uh, the past shouldn't need a warning label, says Master Clockwork. I agree. The past shouldn't yeah. need a warning label. Yeah. It's how it was. Deal with it. Uh, SH Rebels 08 says uh, he gives a cup of coffee super chat emoji. Thank you very much, cup SH Rebel. Coffee. In the big time. What is his greatest uh, match, Kendo? Macho Man Randy Savage, for those who didn't hear. His greatest match? Oh, man. Uh, WrestleMania 3 is up there with Steamboat. Yep. Uh,. I mean, one of my favorite R- Randy Savage moments is when he blasts fucking Ultimate Warrior in the head with that scepter at WrestleMania 7 to help him, uh, to cause him to lose to Sergeant Slaughter, the Iraqi sympathizer. But that's only because <laughs> you can see him fucking hauling up and swinging for the fences. That thing fucking exploded. Um, I don't know. I guess I'm going to have to go with that. I'm going to say Savage's greatest match was probably against Steamboat. It's a good one, because WrestleMania Four is a fun story, but not a not his greatest match. I mean, I love Ted DiBiase, but when you introduce Hogan and Andre at the end of that, it becomes about them, takes away from the real wrestlers in the match, and you know, kind of colors my perception of the whole ending. That's right. It was Royal Rumble '91. My bad. Either way, it's great. Uh, Joseph Bianowicz, thank you very much for letting us know your Patreon in. We did read that one. Uh, AJ Journeyman says, Jeff, do your scary voice from the High Council. <laughs> I guess I could, but there's no Dion to make uncomfortable. See, there you go. I did it. They don't like it. <laughs> I just I just imagine somebody listening to this like in their car, or, like at work, just all of a sudden been like, Ugh. Yeah. He's not listening to freak him out either, because if so, he would have been blowing the chat up and our phones but at this point. By all the you know shade we've been slinging at him about the fact that he's going to see musicals in Florida right now, and he's going to go to Disneyland and wear Mickey Mouse ears, and he's going to be running around and screaming and yelling and watching musicals and Dark Fate. <laughs> musicals and, and Dark Fate, the Young Green story. That's right. He's afraid of horses. He's afraid of mannequins. Loves Dark Fate. That's the test. We'll see if he's listening. I just enjoy that people have sent him copies of Dark Fate. It just makes me happy. So I'm <laughs> worried about Dion. Yeah, it's uh, it's fucking hilarious. And you know Adam he'll Walker. keep him too. Because Go for he it. cannot 
because he is, he's going to want to throw them away, but he, it's a Terminator property. It's a DVD. It's a Blu-ray. He physically will not be able to throw it away. <laughs> you know, folks, if you want to be funnier, you should send Dion shitty DVDs of Dark Fate because it's a shitty format for a shitty movie. And what's he going to do with a DVD? You're going to force him to watch it. It's like, uh, how does that girl beat Rumpelstiltskin? She makes him say his own name or some shit like that, even though the deal was legit. Like, that's how you beat Dion. You make him watch Dark Fate on shitty DVDs. Like, he'll have the ethical dilemma. Do I return it? I gotta watch it. It's not that good. You'll we'll we'll get stuck. You'll just get stuck. You know what? It's, it's really shitty because you're telling everybody, like, how to really get to him, and you're, just, you're his best friend. I'm just like, damn, man. That's, that's yeah. fucking cold. Yes, DVDs of Dark Fate, folks. That's how you get Dion. You get him confused. He's like, why? Why is this only 480p resolution? Why am I watching this? Why can't I stop watching it? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Adam Wofford, thank you very much. He says, so Chun-Li isn't in a Mortal Kombat. She will be starring in the, for the first time ever. She will be in the new Street Fighter. She will also be in 3X Fighter. <laughs> Jeez. Chun-Li in Mortal Kombat, Adam Wofford, was my favorite faux pas uh, fake moment, fake geek moment, probably of the last five years. Because it's so stupid. Like, there's so much enthusiasm in the articles. Like, hey, guys. Why isn't this and this? Don't you love it? It's so great. Why isn't the best part there? And like, you know, you can just feel the excitement in the voice. And I'm like, all right, stupid person. I'm with yeah. you on this journey. But you are just too stupid for I me wonder, to And you else. know, you know, when they were writing that article, they were sitting there just fucking smiling from ear to ear, fucking sucking themselves off if, if they were a guy or a girl. It doesn't matter at this point. <laughs> and they were like, I'm about to checkmate the shit out of these people with this article. God, I am so fucking proud of myself. And then they sent that thing in and they were just walking around on cloud nine. Like I fucking own those people only to find out you're done. Fucked up. Hey, everyone. <laughs> I, wonder, I wonder how many tweets that person got about like how dumb they were in the article. Uh, they probably changed their Twitter. They're like, <laughs> I got it. I can't face the heat. Well, you then they, they should have stayed on stayed in the fucking kitchen then, man. Yeah. Dude, they should have embraced it. They should have changed their icon to Chun-Li and just ran with it. Like, look, people make fucking mistakes. Everyone's human. It's not really a big deal. The funny, the, the funny of the situation of the story that's so funny is the fact that you're just so wrong and it's so obvious. It's not that you're dumb. It's just the situation's funny. But these people want to turn it into, oh, how am I a victim of this story? How can I benefit from it? It's like, look. Own it and run with it. Be the person that put Chun-Li in fucking Mortal Kombat. Hell, maybe people will start cosplaying as Chun-Li for Mortal Kombat. Make it a meme. You know, immortalize well, yourself. It's, not, it's, it's yeah. not just that. It's, 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 it's a fact that they're supposed to be a writer for this supposed, you know, blog company. And they should, and, you know, they should do their damn research. And, you know, it, it, just a little, like a Google search, man. Not even, not even anything heavy. Like a 30-second Google search will tell you exactly where she's from. It's not difficult. But the fact that they yeah. couldn't even do that... You know, and and then and then everyone's like, "Oh, it's a joke article." It's this and that. It's like, no, I don't think so. I think somebody's this dumb and this retarded, and they they literally just hired this person off of like diversity, and this happened, and then she got a lot of flack for it, and then, um, you know, they had to make a little fucking retraction at the bottom, being like, "Oh, Chung Lee is for you know, um, from from Street Fighter, not Mortal Kombat." And the fact that they yeah. put it, they kept the article up there is just even more retarded. It's like, what are you doing? Like, you're just you know taking on the whole thing. Dude, if, I, if I'm Mortal Kombat, I'm trying to get on the phone with the people from Street Fighter. Be like, look, look, look. We, well, I mean, it'll be a deleted scene, but we'll put it on the Blu-ray. 
we just have a surprise Chun Li run in during like a the heated final battle or something like that. Yeah, yeah kind of <laughs> like that. <laughs> Thank you, Kendo. Uh, oh my god. Uh, so uh, let's see what some of the listeners are saying. I want to get caught up on some of these. Um, Chime two four seven says, "I'm still pissed that George changed Revenge of the Jedi to Return." Now, Chime two four seven, based on the book and the history. He wanted to return. Other people wanted revenge. He came back and changed it the final time. So it was one of those, from what I can surmise from this book, it was always meant to be Return of the Jedi, but then revenge sounded cooler, but then they switched it back. And I like the idea behind it. You know, Jedis don't seek revenge. It's a very badass way. Like, look, I'm going to end the Empire, but I'm not going to seek revenge. I'm just going to do it the right way and redeem my father. And so I think Lucas made more right decisions back then than he made wrong, and Return of the Jedi is full of right decisions. It's also full of wrong decisions, and I won't act like it's the worst Star Wars film. I also won't act like it's the best. It's the third best, but it's a damn good movie, and it's very... It's a product of the situation that it was created in, and what I mean by that is it was it was intentional to rush that movie. Lucas wanted to get away from Star Wars. He had this personal life he was trying to salvage. Empire Strikes Back was a nightmare. Like, all these things. Like, Star Wars was a fucking weight around this dude's neck. And Return of the Jedi was intentionally easy. It was a smooth and, you know, smooth process by comparison. And that's why that movie has similarities in this and that and the other. It was intentional. They just wanted to finish it and get done with it as quick as possible. You know, nine movies seemed excessive. Twelve movies seemed excessive. But three... They were at the finish line. And then, you know, you have that flip where Return of the Jedi ends. They try to do a couple Ewok things, but Star Wars kinds of goes, kind of goes away for a little bit. So. Oh, those fucking Ewok movies. Goddamn. Caravan of Courage. Oh, man. My, my, my brother my brother loved one of them, I think. There, 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 were, there were two of them, right? Yep. Yeah, I forget which one he liked a lot, but he would always rent that shit all the time. My mom would always let him rent them. I'm just like, this is retarded. Why are you watching this? Yeah, I, I like the one that had the dinks in it. <laughs> yeah. When did I get to Disneyland? <laughs> so uh, our friend Mr. V says normies now. F Disney Phantom Menace. First time. <laughs> um, I have a buddy. I won't say his name, but because uh, he listens. But he posted something similar to his Facebook, and then other people were like, "What happened?" And then so I'm basically reading him complain about Kathleen Kennedy and the shit that went down with Gina Carano and then normal people reading about it and commenting and kind of learning about the story. So yes, we, we know, but it's starting to trickle down. So it's, it's interesting. To, yeah, man. The fact know, that uh, the normies are learning about it, I think is really trickle good. down but... fandom menace. <laughs> <laughs> That's a shirt. Oh my <laughs> God. It's like our own, call... right? It's Jeff Bonomics. Yeah. <laughs> trickle down fandom menace. <laughs> Write that down, Kendo. Write that down. It's a great idea. <laughs> uh, Nelson, the gentleman, uh, we don't really talk politics. Uh, so sorry, man. Uh, if you want to send a regular message, I'd love to read that. But uh, we're a pop culture show. And we'll uh, talk about that kind of stuff when it intertwines, excuse me, intertwines with stuff like Daisy Ridley and her little verbal game of tennis with Ted Cruz. But that's about it. Uh, unless it has something to do with entertainment or a celebrity doing something politically charged and it's stupid. Uh, it really doesn't have a place here. But Nelson, thank you very much. And you're a gentleman, so please send another message. We'd love to talk. Yeah, Reagan by a landslide. <laughs> Reagan by a landslide. Right. Praying to God. Uh, <laughs> Super Mastermind says, ever hear about how Tarzan's son tried to kill him and got himself killed instead? I have not. So nope. if you're talking about Johnny Weissmiller, the actor, uh, that could be an interesting read. 
but I that's the only actor I know that played Tarzan. So let me look that up real quick. Uh, talk amongst yourselves, guys. Son. Uh... <laughs> All right. So, like, I've never watched a Tarzan movie, but I know he's like, I did see George of the Jungle, and I thought it was really stupid. Oh, that hurts. <laughs> and I found the answer, and it's going to hurt you guys. Oh, really? Jeez. Well, it wasn't, you know, the Johnny Weissmiller thing, but Cameron Eli was shot 22 times on the grounds of the family home and died on the scene with gunshot wounds to his torso, neck, back, buttocks, and arms. So some of the actor was killed by Santa Barbara Sheriff's injustifiable... Uh, God, he was shot 22 times because they thought... Uh, he was going to kill him after he stabbed his mom to death. So, Jeez. wow, that's a really dark fucking story. Woo. Yeah. That's, uh, that's, that's one of those, ho- those Hollywood horror stories we always read during the uh, October season. Yeah, Ron Eli was the Tarzan actor. That's dark. That Damn. is really dark. Wow, Damn. that was... Uh, woo, I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah. Uh, thanks, Super Mastermind. We love to, uh, you know, you know what? I need a beer after that one. <laughs> yeah. way, to, way to really uh, help, it, you know, juice the show there. Damn. Yeah. Well, the juice is loose. Oh, shit. That's true. But he never shot him <laughs> 22 times. You need to you uh, need to show that picture, Jeff. Oh, God. Yeah. Let me pull that up real quick. Oh, that, my God. That like, as soon as Kendo showed me that, I was like, this looks fucking awesome. So let's see, where is that at? Let me get to the official WCBS one. Because, yeah, folks, uh, we had a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful uh, Photoshop manipulation sent to us, and we got to share it right now. Yeah, because um, we, yeah, we, 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 made, we made the joke about, like, <laughs> making a show with, with the four of us and, and, and uh, O.J. Simpson in a house. Yeah, you guys are uh, – we're, we're, we're at the point now where it's like, hey – we don't even have to say, could you send us something? It's just like, oh, shit, uh, this popped up in the email. So give me a second uh, to find it because it's wonderful. But uh, Oh, it was done so well. I was, yeah. I was, I was so pleased yeah. with it, man. It looked, it looked wonderful. I was like, damn, dude, they fucking got us. They, they understood what we were doing. It was, it was great. Uh, oh, by because- the way, whoever posted Sexy George Lucas, that's gross. I can't oh, stop God. thinking about it because it's so weird. <laughs> Stupid Sexy Lucas. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to find this meme is there it is I found it it's it was worth the wait uh yeah this was well done holy shit so let's see open image and new tab we'll put this on the screen uh while we're reading some super chats uh yeah there's our show with OJ <laughs> also season one through four available on DVD and iTunes they didn't they didn't delete it no I love it. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> This, it, there's, they've got so much faith in us. They think we're going to get through four seasons with the show. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just well, the, last, the last, the last episode is, is him just, is him just trying to kill us all. That's all it is. Except me. It's a good last season. Yeah, he, yeah, yeah. He, he kills you last. <laughs> I died. We have a crossover with Al Bundy. He saved us. <laughs> I mean, Polk High, Polk High was never the same after he left. So that's right. He scored four touchdowns in the city championship. Oh, by the way, folks, we have 770 likes, so 230 more, and that means another Good Morning Pop Culture will be added to the list. Uh, even if you don't enjoy the show or have never heard the show, somebody else does, so do them a favor and hit that thumbs up button. Thank you in advance. Now, uh, Felicity Poobell, thank you very much. Uh, she says, just like in the sequel trilogy, Daisy still can't keep her mouth shut. She has done nothing interesting since the rise of Skywalker, but articles about her keep coming out. 
It's almost like yeah. it's manufactured Felicity. Like somebody thinks she should be relevant. <laughs> um, I'm always reminded when I hear of an actor, like, look, it's not about uh, voicing an opinion. It's like trying to like have a zinger and it fails. It reminds me of that line from uh, the world is not enough. When it goes, uh, you're cleverer than you look. Well, better than, better looking clever than you are. And that's what Daisy Ridley was to me. She looked cleverer than she really is. Well, she she's supposed to be in that wonderful movie called Chaos Walking or whatever that was supposed to come out this year or whatever. But it's been like shitty production and they're just trying to... It's basically, it's basically like a YA novel turned into a movie like they always do. And try, oh, try to get the, into like a thing. The Tom Holland movie? Mm, I, don't, I don't know if that's it or not. I thought Tom Holland was the other. Oh no 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 no. Okay, yeah, that is it. Yeah, that is it. Yeah, that, that's the one. Um, <laughs> yeah, bad. it's been riddled with fucking reshoots and everything. That they're trying to make it and pull it out, but it's not going to happen. Then there's uh, that wonderful one that we found a while back called Scrawl. That was her first. I think one of her first movies she ever did. It's on Tubi, and it's like a fucking independent horror movie that she was. <laughs> <laughs> I just like her as a cadaver because she didn't have a speaking role. Correct. Yep. Yep. So Joseph Bianowitz says it rubs the lotion. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> oh god. I really I really do hope Dion would listen to this afterwards. It's just like, God damn. We should be like, Dion, there's homework. You have to listen to this week's show since you're away. <laughs> and then what I'll do is I'll say, Dion, make sure you listen to the version on Podbean because I cut out some of the, you know, the filler. And he'll go, all right, man, thanks for the heads up. And it'll be 20 minutes of me going, hello, Dion. You thought you could avoid me, but I'm your friend. I'm your only friend, and I'm going to take you away from everything. See, I could do that too. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> and I will because he's my friend. That's how I operate with friends. See, see here, here, here's what we need. We need, we, we need him with headphones just like taped to his head while he's walking through his house full of mannequins. Yes. Yeah. Dude, this is next level psychological torture. I don't think he's going to make it to Rush Hour 3. But... <laughs> just break this he's like, fuck you guys, I'm done. This is how we treat our friends. Yeah. Oh, God. I was I was semi-serious about, about, about that hotel idea where we just like, like, I don't know, get get a hotel, just like leave him there and there's just like mannequins as he gets like the elevators don't work, he has to take the stairs, mannequins down there, there's mannequins in the lobby and shit like that. Like he has to really like fucking go through it. Well, hotel well, D. You can check in, say, but you can't check out. When we went to Camp Sydney, he woke up with that horse head that thing that I had in his bed. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that. Um, I still have those stupid hats. So next time I we get together, mine. we'll wear them. Yeah, I still got mine too. It's <laughs> downstairs next to the next to that horse mask. Ready to We're go really for the next trip. <laughs> <laughs> to Dion, that is. Anyway. Oh, God. El, El Chain de Saw says Zodiac Killer leaving a frozen Texas is still better than starring in The Last Jedi. <laughs> <laughs> facts. Oh, facts. my God. Hashtag Star Wars facts. Yeah. Um, Obi Wan 27883. Thank you very much, sir. He says 1990s Mortal Kombat temple scenes have candles all over the room, like Nick has one liter Jergens all over his room. We're looking at counting in 55 gallon drums at this point. <laughs> Beautiful. L- listen, listen. I got really dry skin. Okay, don't don't judge me. Don't don't judge me. I mean, I will, but I won't. At the same you time, will. <laughs> I already have. Okay. Dude's been locked down. What'd you expect him to do? That yeah, man. membership just can't go to waste. 
Oh, uh, we also had one from our friend. Uh, where'd it go? Thank you, YouTube, for wanting to load right now on me. Uh, from Adam Walford. Adam Walford says, in case of a global extinction event, we should draw murals of Godzilla so the next dominant species can worship him. It's not a bad idea. I think it's a wonderful idea. We should troll history. That would be hilarious. That would be funny as shit. I would be yeah. entirely fine with that. We need to, we need to make it like, you know, a, a Bible of Godzilla or something. Like how we, how we, you know, summon the beast and take care of the beast and feed the beast and shit like that. And just leave it somewhere for somebody to find, you know, a thousand years from now or 2000 years from now or whatever. And we need to make sure that it's still, that it, we, we still propagate the message that he's fueled by nuclear energy. So that way they accidentally <laughs> blow themselves up trying to resurrect Godzilla. That'd be fun. Yeah, that'd be entirely fun. Zilla, Zilla, Zilla. Uh, what was I going to say about Godzilla? Real quick? Oh, a uh, quick um, crossover thing. Uh, one of the listeners who requested, I think it was Wheezy Bird, who suggested I get the Viz manga app on my phone. I just wanted to tell you thank you because I discovered a new series called Kaiju Number no. 8 today. And it's about a guy who cleans up giant kaiju monsters in Japan and then becomes one himself that can communicate with other kaiju. So it's a really cool series, Kaiju number eight. And uh, I think it's Wheezy Bird that recommended I sign up for the Viz Manga app. And I'm glad I did because it's a really good book. So I can't recommend it enough, folks. Uh, this is kind of dark. Tylenol is a time capsule. Ooh. Can be. <laughs> uh, Double Seven Cloud, we had Regers, F. Jordan Peel. Thank you very much, though. Uh, we had Grimjoy, who sends a good job super chat sticker of a Shiva Inu dog, or sticker of a Shiva Inu dog. So thank you very much, Grimjoy. We also have our friend Yakase that says the Tyler Perry movies. Sorry, they Tyler Perry up these black movies. I hate it. Yeah, the Tyler Perry movies are kind of embarrassing and stupid. Actually, they're very stupid. It's yeah, but also I mean like. The man's operating outside of Hollywood. He's built a studio here in Atlanta, and like you know, he's he's doing it. So like, yes, his movies suck, but he's you know kind of outside the system doing his own thing, and you know the movies are still going to theaters somehow. Somehow, <laughs> oh, my ass ain't watching them. Yeah, sounds like Nick's closet Tyler Perry fan. <laughs> I've never seen I've never seen any one of his movies to be honest. Never seen any one of his movies, but I've I've heard people talk about like the things he's done in town and things like that. I'm like, oh, that's interesting. Uh-huh. That's Arnold all I gotta say. <laughs> Medea goes to space. Sign me up for that one. Oh god, no. That actually might not be no, that's still horrible, but it might be watchable. It can't be worse than Jack and Jill or Pluto Nash. It'd be that's both. True. Oh, I um what is it? I, I actually watched what was it, Hubie Halloween recently because I was like, Oh, it's been long enough, maybe it you know it won't sting or be that bad. Holy fucking shit. Was it that bad, dude? I like the movie. Like the aesthetic of it had potential, but then you have this things that are thrown in there that don't make any sense, man. Like he, he had he basically got paid to have his friends like hang hang around for I don't know six weeks making a movie and get paid for it, and that's it. I'm just like shit. That's <laughs> this is horrible. Like I mean, like the, the the aesthetic they had of the small town Halloween and all the cool shit happening was was you know interesting an interesting feel but nothing came of it at all you know it was just a dumb premise and a dumb movie dude uh, speaking of adam sandler i showed jesse billy madison for the first time two nights ago yeah mm -hmm. dude that movie is so much better than i remember and i remember it, i remember yeah. loving it, it yeah, really plays well fucking 25 years later yeah early early adam sandler you know he was he was funny back then 
So, right. Yeah. I can't say that the 2000s hit and he sucked because he made good movies in the 2000s. We watched 51st States around Valentine's Day. That's a solid flick. Mm-hmm. Um, I know Big Daddy's the end of the 90s. Uh, what's the one? Anger Management. I love that yeah, movie. I love Anger Management. That movie's fucking awesome. I even like Spanglish. Haven't seen it. It's cute. What's the one he did, Rain Over Me, where he plays the, the displaced Oh, dude, that's, yeah. Him and... Um... Don Cheadle, yeah. Don Cheadle, yeah, dude. That one's really good. Um, it's you know, it's obviously like you know, not not it's not comedy or whatever, but that one was really good, man. I really enjoyed that. Um, the first Grown Ups is fun. Um, the second one's really horrible. Dion loves the first Grown Ups. Yeah, first one's a lot of fun. Um, but yeah, um, uh, Punch. I've heard Punch Drunk Love is good. I just haven't seen it. I've seen the opening of that one a couple times, and I've always wanted to watch the rest of it. For some reason, I never have. Who's the woman in that one with him? Uh, is it somebody famous, right? Yeah. Uh, he, he, you know, his foray into like serious acting, I just was like, all right, cool. Adam Sandler does serious roles, like Jim Carrey did around the same time. Uh, Eternal Spot, uh, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. What is that? Uh, number twenty three or whatever he did as well. Oh yeah. yeah. So Jim uh, Carrey had. To say on Adam Sandler that uncut gems movie that came out last year actually was pretty good, dude. I I, I watched that in theaters and I was disappointed. I was like, man, this is just this is just weird and kind of odd. And like that's just how I felt about it. I just I I, I personally I didn't enjoy it. I still want to check it out. I think it's on Netflix currently. I think it might be. Uh, but no, the the, the woman in uh, Punch Drunk Love is uh, Emily Watson. Oh, okay. Now, speaking of ladies, because of course that's a perfect transition. Did you guys hear about what happened with Lady Gaga? No. Did did, 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 did you wear up. did you wear a vegan meat suit and they got pissed or something? No, 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 oh, no. Way worse. Yeah, wait. Really? Like not her directly, but let me tell you about this. Let me pull up a picture for those in the chat who do not know what Lady Gaga looks like. I apologize uh, for taking away the WCBS image. We'll, we'll put it on a shirt. So there's Lady Gaga. We all know her. Some people love her. This is kind of messed up, though. Lady Gaga's dog walker shot two of her French bulldogs stolen. <laughs> Lady what? Gaga's dog walker was shot. Um, was it? Was it two times in the head, Jesse? I don't remember what it was. Did he live? Uh, so hold on. The sorcerer said the singer is offering a half a million dollars to anyone who has her two dogs. No questions asked. Anyone who has the dogs can use the email. Blah 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 to retrieve the reward. Uh, the LAPD said the man was shot during a robbery before 10 p.m. and was transported to a hospital in stable condition. The male suspect took two. The, took the two bulldogs from the victim, used a semi-automatic handgun, and fled the scene in a white sedan, according to the police. The, the investigation is ongoing. Jeez. So wait a second. Here's what I took away from this. The guy was shot twice in the head, and the person that took the dogs was probably the shooter. Lady Gaga's like, I only want my dogs back. No questions asked. No, no, no. There's several questions you need to ask. This guy's clearly a violent individual that shot somebody walking dogs and probably does not need to be on the street. Well, the guy's now in stable condition. I Earlier, there was a story that said where he was shot, but I this one doesn't have it. So according to the CNN Entertainment article, that's just what I read. But I, I thought I had heard earlier that it said specifically where he was shot. Let me look and see if another article has that. But either way, this is just really bizarre. This is like the premise of Ruthless People, except with dogs. Have you ever seen that movie? Yeah. Uh, no. it's, it's been a while. You um, should watch it. Yeah, it's pretty decent. It's uh, Danny DeVito and Judge Reinhold. Uh, you had me sold. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so... 
I guess the guy's okay. He's recovering well, so it wasn't. It couldn't have been that serious unless he was shot at twenty two. Then you know you can survive that possibly. Uh, I don't know. I saw I saw a video about that once. Don't want to chance it. Uh, Doug Keller has a question for Kendo. When are you going to do a live reading of the American Psycho novel? Um, I mean, I'm more than willing to do that. I won't be able to do it on the channel because that'll get us demonetized and canceled real quick. Um, but I mean, I was just going to do it for Patreon. That shouldn't be a problem. I love that. Dude. Um, speaking of live readings, folks, one of the stretch goals to be included with stealing solo will be the live audio drama that we're going to produce. So yeah, (laughs) it'll be a lot of fun. We're going to treat it like a 1940s radio serial. We're going to have an announcer music. It's going to be recorded at the highest level possible. It's going to be a real thing. It'll be fucking fun. I mean, how many comic books do you know come with a radio drama? None. So that would be, that'd be awesome. That'd be great. Uh, Space Wookie 0899 says, cancel the halo TV show. It looks terrible. Uh, I didn't even know there was a halo. Is there, I've heard about it, but I mean, is there are there any screenshots or are there any like video from it? Because all I've seen is like just the symbol, the Halo symbol, like with Showtime or whoever attached to it or something, and that's about it. So I don't know if I don't know what the deal is. Well, here uh, I found an article. Jesse, listen to this: the Halo TV series is coming to Paramount Plus in 2022. Jesus. Uh, yeah, Halo is coming to the small screen, but in a new twist, it will head to Paramount Plus, previously announced for the sister network Showtime. Deadline first reported that the TV show is based on the hit video game franchise will arrive at the first quarter of 2022. 343 Industries announced that in 2018, the Showtime had ordered a 10-episode season based on the sci-fi shooter, with Deadline adding that the production is already underway in Budapest. Uh, the show has already been filmed 55 to 60% in its first season before COVID-19 uh, halted last March. So, Cool, maybe. Oh, so yeah. they haven't they haven't finished filming it yet? Okay. <clears throat> now I guess it's not gonna have Master Chief. See, this is where. Okay, hold on. This is where I hate adapting properties. It's like, oh, we're gonna bring the world of this or the world of that. It's like, look, the world of this is fine, but we watch it and play it for the characters. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. Halo Online, you're red and blue. They have their own characters over on Rooster Teeth. Cool. But the story of Halo is either the you have the Spartans down on Reach in the first game. Well, not the first game, but, you know, chronologically that story yeah. happens. Then you have Master Chief, who's one of the most recognizable video game characters of all time. You can't really make something successful from Halo and not have the guy. So um, it says Paul, Pablo Schreiber stars in the series. Now, I don't know who Pablo Schreiber is. So you would have saw a picture of him. Yeah, he's a uh, orange is the new black. Is that that's not porn stash? But who's he going to be playing? Because it doesn't say that he's uh, Master Chief. So so what? Showtime? Yeah. So Showtime, I guess. Is, is okay. Not gonna... he, never mind. He was cast as Master Chief. It's just not in this article. <laughs> okay. Well, there you go. This article just it it's, I read it what it says, and so it's just kind of vague. But yeah, yeah they're okay. just stuck in writing an article. It's all it is. <laughs> well, shit, Pablo Schreiber from Orange is the New Black. Porn stash is fucking Master Chief. That blows my mind. That's weird. I mean, is he going to voice the guy too, or are we going to get the voice from the cartoon or whatever to do it? I mean, the no, card, he's um, a very good yeah. actor, so I'm okay with yeah. it. I, I know this is controversial, but if I was going to make a Halo show, I would have Steve, I think his name Steve Downs. I would just have him voice Master Chief. I know it's going to, like, 
like a, a Pedro Pascal situation. If I was going to do a Halo show, I'd get a stuntman in a costume to do the, the, the shit and then have Master Chief be voiced by the guy. It's kind of his voice is iconic. Yeah. This could be better. This could be great. I'll give it a shot. Uh, and like you said, Kendo, he's a good actor. Huh. Oh, also, this is a weird, really weird, fortuitous series of Super Chats. You know why? why? Pablo Schreiber narrated the audiobook version of Brett Easton Ellis' American Psycho. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> it's like poetry; it rhymes. Oh man, I—I I mean, yeah. Once again, like I'll—I'll—I'll I'll, I'll watch this because I'm a huge—I'm a huge Halo mark. I fucking love that shit. Mm-hmm. Um, but still, it's like uh, I really love Halo. Don't fuck it up, Nick. Uh, tomorrow, Halo Friday, we begin the Master Chief Collection, uh, Halo Two, the Anniversary Edition. So, yes, I've just experienced the first Halo for the first time, Nick. Last week, we beat it. It was fun. And nice. we play Halo multiplayer most nights. It's fun. And then tomorrow we're going to experience two. Uh, I'm surprised you and I have been friends for so long. And we've rarely geeked out about Halo. We'll have to change that. Yeah, oh, definitely. Yeah, whenever we get together, it's going to be uh, it's gonna be wild, man, whenever like July comes around. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I want to get like a mini Xbox for travel just to play Halo. Like bring it everywhere I go. I'm like, all right, guys, Xbox Series S only has Halo on it. Let's play it again. <laughs> We'll run it off my phone's Wi-Fi. We'll have a fucking part. I mean, if hey man, if you if you can get one and put only that game on it, that's that's entirely fine with me. Entirely oh, fine. I don't know if you saw this article pop up, but according to IGN, if you have the first generation PlayStation Five, five hundred gigabyte hard drive, you're going to need all of that just to play all of the new Call of Duty. So if you have Call of Duty, <laughs> Cold War, then the other one like war zones or something with zombies like all the shit and all the updates you have like 500 gigabytes of save files for oh 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 oh, yeah because the new one has like four like has three games on it like it's ridiculous i've i've played a little bit of cold war as we talked about in our uh one of our episodes of uh sunday sunday morning hangover yeah Um, (laughs) because that was interesting when i talked about that um but yeah um i've played a little bit i've had i've had some fun with it you know it's a it's a it's a typical you know, Call of Duty. It's a typical game. It's fine. I mean, it's it's a first person shooter. It, it it is what it is. It's just fun. I enjoy those things too much. Uh, but you know, we'll see. I'm I'm I'm, I'm waiting. I'm waiting for Dion to, to call me up one night and just we, we play on we play on Twitch or something, and just you know, <laughs> just just go just go nuts. Yeah. <laughs> now our friend Donald Camp gave us a little clarification. He says a big old net, but I just cooked the food. It doesn't matter, dude. You're on a SpaceX boat going out to pick up rockets and shit. You have the coolest. <laughs> <laughs> that I am, uh, dude. I'm really jealous of that shit because I, I, yeah, I, I follow that stuff all the time, man. I'm, I'm, I'm a huge fan of that stuff. Uh, our Doug Keller, we read your comment about Ryan Johnson's blade. We read 007 Cloud and Adam Wofford for the clarification. Thank you, guys. Um, Felicity Poobell, we did read yours about the re-education camps. Doug Keller says uh, Shane Black would be the perfect writer and director for future Deadpool movies. Have has Ryan Reynolds ever worked with Shane Black? Yeah, right. The Hitman's bodyguard isn't that Shane Black? Or is he I, uh, let me ch- l- l- let me check that. Let me check that. I know Hitman's bodyguard two supposed to come out, but I don't know when it's gonna. You know, th- whatever. Because I like uh, Shane Black's work pretty much. Not in love with Iron Man three, but love Predator, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, Nice Guys. Uh, you know, no, Shane Black is not involved with Hitman's bodyguard. Okay, so I guess he's never worked with Ryan Reynolds. So. Yeah, that'd be neat. I think if he has the right irreverent voice and you could have Deadpool call out Shane Black tropes in the film by breaking the fourth wall, which would be really cool. He could even do oh callbacks with some of his older movies. 
fuck, Disney owns Predator. You could have a Predator fourth wall break. Like, you could have the Predator in Deadpool for some dumb reason. Why not? Because it's Deadpool. Who gives a shit? Like, that's that's what uh, opportunities you have when Disney owns everything. Instead of, look, there's all, it's mostly bad, but you do have cool shit like, well, the company owns all this. Can we just use this and this and that? And instead of trying to write a check or find out who owns the rights, this is literally the only positive thing, and I don't want it to happen even if this is cool, but like, yeah, it's like we can just go into the company archive and say, we want to put this, this and that in. And while it's dumb, it'd be cool for Deadpool. He's done two part threes that were kind of shit. He did Iron Man three and RoboCop three. I think Wait, he did RoboCop three. Fuck him. Let me, let, let me completely check this out. Hold on. <clears throat> how was he? How was he involved in RoboCop three? And if he's like, I see it in his little bio thing here. So that's odd. Well, he, He's an interesting cat because he was like he had that weird resurgence with the nice guys and then predators. People kind of got pissed off at him again, and then I don't know what he's been doing since. So. Oh, though, yeah, the predator in twenty eighteen, dude. Like the the effects on that looked like dog shit, man. Like the beginning, like they have some some stuff some stuff fall on the predator's face, and it looks like it looks like a PS two game. I'm just like, what the like? Why? What is? What are you doing right now? And it was it was really bad. Uh, Stan Bundy, we read yours. Thank you. He said, I want to see a Jefferson Twilight Blackula Hunter movie. Uh, Samurai Vader, thank you very much. He says, uh, you all playing Smash Brothers? Can I join? They announced a new character, Pyro, from Team Fortress 2, I think. If I win, I get to teabag Kendo while eating a sandwich. Good luck trying to collect. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we don't really come off the sandwiches too easy. <laughs> but uh, uh, Samurai Vader, uh, we could, we'll try to work out some kind of game time for the community. Uh, right now, uh, Jesse and I switched from playing Smash Brothers on Mondays back to just playing Halo multiplayer. It's kind of our thing. We've just been having a lot of fun with it. Plus, with Smash Brothers uh, and Mario Kart, it kind of got repetitive for us because Mario Kart only has, what, 32 levels or yeah. whatever. We've played all of them so many times. In Smash, we can't do online and split screen at the same time. So, yeah, we've kind of just yeah. run into the wall. That's why we've kind of moved on from it on Twitch, but it doesn't mean we're, yeah, we grew up a little bit. Mm a 007 cloud thank you very much he says lmfao very apt description of tom holland nick <laughs> you're welcome you're, you're no, very welcome we're talking shit about the director of fright night and <laughs> never man I fucking, I fucking love that movie <laughs> i know you do you swear by fright night uh dude oh yeah uh, yeah i'm, I'm, I'm talking about that that little little english cuck that, that that wants to be spider boy what do you guys think of the title of the new film, Spider-Man? Uh, was it Almost Home or whatever they called it? Kind of home. Kind of home, something home. It's got don't, home in the title. Don't don't fucking care. I'm sorry. No yeah. way home. Still haven't even watched Far From Home. I cared that little. Yeah, you're not missing out. If you really want to know more about the snap, the, the, the snap, not the snap. Anyway, <laughs> excuse me. If you want to know more about the snap, just watch like the seventh or no, the sixth episode of WandaVision. It'll explain to you what happens and you can skip Spider-Man because they pretty much skip the snap themselves. Well, because like they, right. they did it so quickly in the beginning to explain it. Whenever I watched it, I was like, what the fuck did you just say? Like I had to pause through the goddamn subtitles and be like, okay, okay, okay. And realize what was going on. Like it was so fucking quick, man. Yeah, it was uh, not the worst Spider-Man film. It's not bad at all. It just, it really glosses over important story elements for jokes and that's why i don't respect those movies that much because we spider-man is a very heavy weighty character that's supposed to have a lot of drama and the internal struggle was well represented in the raimi films 
These ones, it's just too fun and free. Well, you know? I, well, I, I, I equate I, I, I Spider Man on the same level as Batman and Superman. Like he's that weighty and he's that much influence on pop culture over the last the last few decades that he's just that you know that big you know and to 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 just throw him aside and make him spider boy or iron man jr whatever they got i think is um doing doing an injustice to the character and what they could do for him and everything so our friend solfine says uh and by the way we did read uh stephanie's about the pork chop sandwiches as well as ninja lawyer steve's about the uh vampires being stalked and killed by bigfoot so We'll make that comic in 2024. But our friend Solfine says because he did his Coca-Cola trading and got less white. Well, that's the secret to all of it. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Solfine. Double uh, Seven Cloud says Godzilla 98 cartoon was awesome, though. Better than anything Godzilla nowadays. Oh, God, that cartoon. I think it had, like, baby Godzilla in it as well or something. It was yeah. weird. Well, no, no, no. That's the Hanna Barbera Godzilla cartoon. The Godzilla oh, okay. ninety eight was actually legit. It was on Fox Kids. Okay, it was neat. Uh, I didn't watch it regularly, but I would. It'd be one of those shows. Like oh, I went off to have breakfast, and then I came back, and it was still on. So I'd watch the end of it and wait for. I guess shit, Power Rangers was over at that point. I don't know what I was watching on Fox Kids at that point, but still, that was a good cartoon. Double O Seven Cloud. I quite enjoyed it. I wanted the toy, but not enough to really ask my mom for it. I was like, ah, I'll take Chip Hazard instead. <laughs> now, uh, our buddy Wilson, the unauthorized biography of Tom Hanks says my pronouns, Jamram, Mortal Kombat, and George Bush. Well, guess what? You just said the magic. Jamram. George Bush doesn't care about black people. Thank you, sir. <laughs> Thank you. May I have another there you go i took another <laughs> give him an inch take a mile boom <laughs> so uh, let's see what else we got we also have our friend uh mindless entertainment that says i think it's bullshit that i can't write, write a super chat with your channel name in it <laughs> tried to write world class bullshit rules oh well thank you for the super chat mindless entertainment You're welcome. i like your icon Channel. Hey, Mindless Entertainment, I like your channel too. Do you want to have dinner later? Yeah, cool. Sounds good. I think I make time. You want to watch Servant and WandaVision later? Yeah, fuck yeah. Cool. Play some Halo in between? Yeah, and do some other stuff in between? Yeah, this is kind of forward, but do you want to bang later? Yeah, I want to bang later. Tight. All right. All right, hey, folks, <laughs> back to Doug Keller. He says, thanks, Jeff. I'm now a Beverly Hills Cop fan with a smiley face. Well, Doug, it's because you have excellent taste. That's why you're no, you're not. You're not a Beverly Hills cop fan unless you've ridden and gone, gone on a road trip with Jeff, and he plays it all the time. Then you're yeah. a Beverly Hills cop fan. Yes, once you know uh, how you get initiated into a group. Once you're officially in our group, is once you've heard all the versions of Axel F. Or not even and, really technically all the versions of Axel F. Just the Beverly Hills cop score. Once you've heard that, then you're part of the tribe. You're, no, no yeah. Jeff, you're, you're you're forgetting a crucial point here. When when you hear the score, Jeff is next to you, t- telling telling you the subtle differences of each one. Oh God, yeah. yeah. But I, <laughs> you know, what part of the movie did this come from? Yep, that dude. That's my favorite game with Dion because he's always wrong. Please <laughs> <laughs> uh, not. Oh you my go back God. into our old Patreon content. I actually, I don't know why. But for some reason, I had we were talking about it on a show, and then I went back and I cut that out, and then I edited in all the clips from the music. So it's like this oddly polished 
Dion plays Name That Tune. So if anyone out there on Patreon knows exactly what the clip is, uh, let me know so I can go back and listen to it myself because I forgot which one it is. <laughs> now, Rhino4563, thank you very much, Rhino. We haven't heard from you in a minute. He says, Savage versus Steamboat, best ever. The bell off the top rope. Uh, the bell off the top rope was epic. The, it's a good match. Like I have nothing bad to say about Savage Steamboat. You got the drama. You got the Elizabeth uh, moment with uh, uh, George Animal Steel. Like it's it's solid across the board. Mm-hmm. It's one uh, WrestleMania three really is one of those shows. It's a fairy tale show. WrestleMania three is looked back on for those iconic moments. The big. It's perfect for all the clip shows. And Savage Steamboat is one of those matches. It's it's pretty close to perfection in terms of what wrestling can be. So I like it a lot. Uh, Joseph Bianowitz, thank you very much. He says, well, I just want to say I can do a creepy voice too. It'd be great if you let me <laughs> lend me your mic to say creepy voice things in the background. Just a thought. Uh, sure, Joseph, <laughs> you can hang out. In, uh, we have a couch over there. You can hang out in the background and be like, hey, I'm the creepy voice. We could cre- we could have a creep off, Jesse. A creep off? Yes. Do it. I don't know. Oh man, that's uh that's that's a weird way to say that. I should call Dion and just do the voice on the air, but <laughs> he's on vacation. So it wouldn't have the same effect. Yeah. No. Now Bear BC says, sorry, Bear BC 42, thank you very much. Uh you need to draw Dion riding a horse side saddle and holding up a sign that says <laughs> holding up a signed copy of Dark Fate. Oh my god. That can be done. I'm gonna make that into a shirt. But I won't look it. I won't make him ride side saddle because it's a little demoralizing. But I'm going to dress him up as the cowboy from Back to the Future Three, aka Marty in the pink shirt. Yes. <laughs> or, yes, yes, yes. Hold on, I got it. Hold on, let me look this up real quick. Um, oh, let's see. I got there. We go. This ties in full. There we go. Here is Dion. We're going to put him on the uh, horse, just like this. You guys ready to see Dion on the horse with his uh? His Western attire. Let's do it. I am. All right. Here we go. Here's Dion. <laughs> oh, my God. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. All of that. <laughs> That's Dion as a cowboy. We'll put him on a horse. Just for you, folks. Just for you. Uh, Ninja Lawyer Steve, thank you very much. He says, speaking of Photoshop, what do you think of the stuff I sent you? Ninja Lawyer Steve, I'd be lying if I said I remembered. I am sorry, dude. Please just shoot me a follow-up, or I'll go back and look it up. Uh, and I'll try to you know, remind me on Good Morning Pop Culture. I'll make sure I check it out. But uh, thank you, Ninja Lawyer Steve, in advance. Uh, we love the ones you sent. We show them on air all the time. So uh, just remind me. I'll do that next time. <laughs> Yakase, thank you very much. This might win the night. In this world gone mad, we won't spank the monkey. The monkey will spank my hole. <laughs> oh, I love it. Thank you very much, Yakase. Joseph Bianowitz says, Dion, I'm in the room with you. In your head, only you will hear. Okay, hold on. This is a request. Dion, I'm in the room with you. I'm in your head. Only you can hear me. There you go, Joseph. That was for... <laughs> For you, for Dion. Oh God, I can, I, I can, I, I can feel, I can feel your warm breath in the back of my neck. That was, that was. Uh. I'm inside of you, inside oh. of your soul. Oh jeez, <laughs> that happens. <laughs> it really does. 
You, um, should send, you should send these. I don't know you, you know, but say you see. I was like, oh, send these clips to Dion. It's like, no, I listen to them on this on his phone. I want to have the the same effect. Unless it's at work, then it'll just sound ridiculous. You know, what we should do. We should take it to the next level. I should record a book in the creepy voice. We should have it sent to Dion on a disc and say put or put on a flash drive. Tell him to put it in his computer. Wear headphones. And the first thing he's like, "Hello, Dion. It's me, your best friend. I recorded a book." <laughs> just like that. <laughs> yeah, it's like, dude, it's like, dude, you gotta listen to this. It's not safe for work. You gotta have your headphones in. Oh my god. <laughs> Adam Wofford, thank you very much. He says, Hey, the shore is out on Xbox PS4. Stream now. Uh, I haven't heard of the shore. Have you guys? Let me see. No. PS4. Uh, the Shore, or Jet, the Far Shore, is a game that focuses on the mystery of the unknown on a forbidden island with horror elements. Ooh, yeah, people have been seeing me play, well, not this week because I've been super busy, unfortunately, uh, but Visage, and uh, that game has scared the fuck out of me, you know, once in a while every now, so, like, yeah. It's a, it, it, it's a fun game, I love it. It is creepy as shit, though, at some points. Yeah, this game actually sounds cool. The Shore is a game that focuses on the mystery of the unknown forbidden island with horror elements. The whole story is based on a mythology that goes deep through Lovecraft's creations and beyond. Experience the world through immersive atmospheric gameplay. Encounter the most nightmarish Lovecraftian entities. Save your daughter's life while being haunted. Try to survive and uncover the secrets behind the mystery of his own sanity. Yeah, I'm sold. That sounds there's, awesome. there's one on Xbox called um, The Medium that looks um, like a lot of fun that I want to get into. So I might, I might get that on Steam and play it. Yeah, well, the shore has been uh it's now on my list of things i want to check out that sounds fun i've been trying to get into like folks in the chat help me out give me a good lovecraftian film to watch i've seen the reanimator that's it so i'm looking for like a lovecraftian monster movie i want something kind of scary uh have, have you seen anything? have you seen have you seen underwater <laughs> was that the Kristen stewart movie yeah saw it in theaters fell asleep but it was good from what i saw so, uh, let's see. We also have Joseph Bianowitz that says, so really, Nick is rubbing the lotion, and he calls it feeding the beast. Then she <laughs> chained Spear to get his chickens to get Jesus. <laughs> um, a good a good one to watch is The uh, the Void. Let's see. Oh, okay. I wanted the to see void, that. The Void. The Void. I think it's on. Looks like it's, it's somewhere on the internet. You'll find it. Um, but no, I actually watched The Void a while ago, man. It's fucking awesome. It's really good. Uh, Breadman Productions, I will take your uh, your advice. That's how I'll start the show next week. Guys, remind me that we want to do an ASMR intro. Oh god! Another another good uh, one. I you've probably seen it before. Is um, what is it? Uh, Event Horizon. Oh yeah, I've seen that movie. Yeah, that's kind of Lovecraftian in a way. Uh, Life Force apparently is on that list too. So you know, Life Force. That's a fun movie. <laughs> So, uh, let's see. Joseph Bianowitz says, sorry, Nick. Dion's not here to creep out in all good fun. <laughs> oh, I can I can take it more than he can. It's just that every now and again, it's like, it's just, just like, all right, I need to turn my headphones down every, every now and again because it, it gets a little loud. I'm just like, oh, Jesus. So, uh, Rhino4563, I love this message. He says, funny people was the most unfunny movie ever. I walked out with 20 minutes left. Cool. Mm. Child 44 is the only film I've walked out of in theaters. And lo and behold, I'm flipping through TV. What's on the other day? Child 44. I even I said to Jesse, if this is that fucking movie about the kid in Russia, I'm going to flip out. Did I not? 
And I flipped out. What is what the hell is child forty four? Google it, but never tell me you did. <laughs> okay, I, I never I never Googled this. But, <laughs> damn it, Nikki told me you did. <laughs> no, I told you I never did. That's that's the thing. Oh, fair enough. <laughs> um, our friend Ryukai Kaizoku, I hope I got that right, says, How do you wake Lady Gaga? You pu 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 poke her face. With what? That's up to you. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, Space Monkey 899, thank you very much. Uh, he says, they race swap Miranda and make her a doctor. Oh, what was the contact? Oh, is that from... Uh, what was the race swap Miranda and make her a doctor? What movie is that? I know what he's talking about, but I don't know the context. I didn't you guys know remember? doctors were a race. <laughs> well, I come from a long race of doctors, said no one else. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a doctor like my doctor before me. Every, Every time I need doctor standing around over there. Doctor, doctor, doctor. What a great movie. Yeah, uh, that, little, and, and they'll and they'll make it with two women next year. Watch it. Hey, um well, they did uh, Dirty Rotten Scoundrels with uh, Anne Hathaway and Rebel Wilson, so team them back up. I don't care. Watch it. Let, let Sony produce it. Look, between their Spider-Man movies, their Spider-Man universe movies, and their Spider-Man animated movies, they're going to be fine. Don't worry about them. Let them produce that shit. 007 Cloud, thank you very much. He says, is Predator hunting... Sorry, is the Predator trying to hunt Deadpool for his autism? <laughs> He's, you know how I want the movie oh, to end? Oh my god. I want the movie to end with the Predator ripping Deadpool's head out of his body with a spine intact and then taking it back to his ship and he won't shut up. And it drives him nuts. That and he would the be at the end. funny. Yeah, yeah, he tosses, yeah, he tosses the head off into space and he ends up in like a fucking alien nest with the queen there. Oh, dude, that'd be amazing. Yeah, just like two, two for one. Fucking do it. Why not? Oh, you could have some retarded Eddie where like the fucking head gets implanted by a xenomorph egg and then like grows some weird Deadpool alien body. He's like, hey, it's the crossover. And it just ends like that. It just ends with him like coming back to Earth as an alien Deadpool. That would be, yeah, just, fuck, just fucking do that. I mean, they're never going to do that because that would require imagination and it would be amazing, but that's not their style. So, <laughs> uh, Felicity Poobell, thank you very much. She says, if corporations want to continue to water down IPs, then they deserve end up losing money. You can't change... Sorry, you can't charge for filet mignon and serve dog food. Ow. Uh, you're 100% yeah. right. Uh, yeah. That's what Star Wars kind of feels like. I mean, the High Republic seems like really expensive dog food. Yeah. I mean... It's, it's the blue buffalo of Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> it's still dog food. I don't care. I don't care how, how fucking fresh the ingredients are. It's still goddamn dog food. So, Kenny, what's... The, or Kendo, what's the blue bunny of... Uh, the food just blue oh, bunny blue, just blue bunny ice cream yeah blue bunny is just ice cream but i think they make frost oz or something like that ah oh, we have that shit in the fridge or yeah. the freezer excuse me uh jesse bought it for the cats because it was their birthday she's like oh they'll like a treat they all like got excited and they looked at it they licked it and then ran off dude i <laughs> With my first cat, I tried to go because, like, I read these things. It's like, oh, yeah, if you feed the cats this, it's got this in it. It's bad for them. Extend their lifespan with this and grain-free and blah, blah, blah. So I actually spent, like, double what I normally did in my budget of cat food for, for the month to get him the blue buffalo stuff. And he really wouldn't 
eat it. He was like, it was kind of like one of those things. Is like you go from feeding a kid McDonald's and try to feed him some like really good, you know, five course meal. Like, Fuck that! I want my chicken McNuggets and hash browns. It's like bullshit. <laughs> All right, so he was back on the whisk. <laughs> I've never had chicken nuggets and hash browns together, but now I kind of want to. It's not bad. You remember, do you remember the um? What are they? Cheddar tots, cheesy tots from Burger King, or excuse me, yes. Burger Royale. Uh, <laughs> Burger Monarch. Burger Monarch. Sorry. No, wait. Was it Burger Regime? Yeah. Burger Regime. That's what it was. Yeah. It sounds. It sounds more official that way. It sounds. It's. It. It, it sounds like something you really want that way. Samurai Vader, thank you very much. He says, "Have you seen Peter Man Far From Home on YouTube?" Uh, I have not. Check it out. What the fuck? If it's on YouTube, <laughs> well, so, so somebody broke Kendo again this week. Yep, Peter Man, Peter Man, Peter Man, radioactive Peter Man. Uh, next week's Photoshop, Kendo is Peter Man. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Peter Peter Man versus to- the Toxic Avenger. That's all we need. Holy shit, that could go one. That that could go great, or that could just go awful. But either way, yeah, yeah. Peter go. me, me as Peter Man. Double <laughs> <laughs> uh, Seven Cloud. Thank you for the recommendation of Underwater in terms of the Lovecraftian <laughs> horror question that I asked. And as I said, I've seen most of it. I liked it, and I liked it enough that I want to go back and finish the film. Uh, Adam Walford, thank you very much. He says. There is the void in the mouth of madness and the 1969 The Witch Horrors, and then there are the fan-made Lovecraft movies here on YouTube. Also, Shadow of Innsmouth. Adam Rolford, I took a picture. Oh yeah, dude, fucking in, in the mouth of madness. That's a that's a damn good one. Sam Neill's in that one. That's <clears> where <throat> you'll find the painter man. <laughs> <laughs> God damn, that was good. <laughs> the painter man's down in fun. Uh, uh, we, we had one final message of the night from our friend Yakase that says, Jamaran! Hey! <laughs> that's it. So, folks, we have had a very long episode, uh, so we're going to close this one out. So I'd like to say thank you to everybody now. A reminder, click the link down in the comment section to find, sign up for the comic. This Tuesday night, it launches during the High Council. Jeremy's back on the High Council from Geeks and Gamers. So, it's going to be a fun night. And on that Star Wars girl will be there, too. We're going to be debuting the painting, the poster, the Phantom Menace image. It's wonderful. It's not me trying to get you excited for something. You've seen Anna's work. She's a, a wonderful painter, world-class painter, no pun intended. And, uh, yeah, so Tuesday night, I counsel Jeremy, be there. We'll all be there. It's going to be a fun night. Um, hold on. We had another super chat roll, and two more, actually, from our friend uh, Remington30666. That's a cool name. Baskin is a good Spanish horror film. Uh, it has the LC tendencies. It also has a kind of like, sorry, it has the LC tendencies, and it's also kind of like the void. It's really wild. Carol oh. fucking Baskin? Uh, no, yeah. this is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've heard about it. It's actually really good. It's just, you know, got some pedals and stuff. It's, the, I think, the only thing. Uh, I, I, like I said, I took a picture of that. That's added to the list because I like to sit around at night and watch something eerie and creepy. And look around and be like, ooh, what's out there? So I'm going to watch these. Cars. Yeah. <laughs> First water mains, car horns and shit. It's California. Uh, TLJ Screwjob, thank you very much. He says, Peter Man, far from Mary Jane. <laughs> Ain't that the truth? <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. So, uh, Kendo, Nick, is there anything you'd like to say before we put this baby to bed? Uh, buy Dogecoin. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> to the moon. Also, yeah. Also, um, you know, we only have 867 likes. I don't think we're going to get enough for a thousand, but I'll, you know, I, I say, so give it a chance. <laughs> yeah. Try it out, folks. Uh, there will be, uh, uh, yeah, I almost said a fandom menace tomorrow. There will be a fandom menace tomorrow. No, there will be a good morning pop culture. I'll be joining Tom over on Midnight's Edge after dark for his morning show, and he's joining me on Good Morning Pop Culture for my morning show. It's going to be a crossover of epic proportions where we're going to talk about, I don't know yet, Tom, but you're out there. I'm sure you'll shoot me a message. We'll figure it out as we go. That's how we like to operate. Now, one last thing, folks, before Good Morning Pop Culture, before all that fun stuff, I'd like you to check out one last thing. We have another super chat I'll address in just a second. Uh, Richard Chu is the editor of Star Wars. He's worked on wonderful films like One Floor of the Cuckoo's Nest. He's edited films like uh, Revenge of the Nerds 2. He's also edited Risky Business as well as many other things. And Jesse had an awesome interview with him. This guy is an Oscar winner. He won an Oscar for Star Wars. We've all seen it. We've all known his work. And today, part two dropped where he talks about Star Wars and all the cool, fun, behind-the-scenes shit about the film. And that link is in the description. Or sorry, that link is in the chat right now. So watch that tonight. Uh, make sure you guys check that out. And it's fun. It's I'm here in the background working on stuff, videos that you've already watched but I'm getting to hear all these cool stories about history of Hollywood and all this neat stuff that you're not getting anywhere else. Richard likes Jesse. He's an editor. She's an editor. They've, they've had this bond and they have these really great interviews. So check those out. Um, the first part is really good. It tells about Richard, who he is. You get to know him. Part two is about star Wars. And there's two more parts coming with another surprise down the road coming from Richard Chu. So uh, it's incredible who you get to interact with in life know a guy that made star Wars what it is. And that blows my mind every day. So one more super chat rolled in. Thank you very much. Uh, we have it from uh, Joseph Bianowitz. Thank you very much for everything, dude. I mean it. Um, he says, Thundercats is next to be canceled. Why a man with a sword that grows. Sorry. Why a man with a sword that grows and finally shoots something from the tip. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh my God. There you go. Um, that's why they're trying to keep Lino down, folks. So make sure you go out and you support Thundercats. We should. I was going to say we, we we should do a a Euro trip drunk stream because it's on. I think it's on Prime right now. I really miss our drunk commentaries, and I'm ready to go back to them. Yeah. Because so. then, because then, because then, I, I have an excuse to buy my Vandersex shirt and wear it on air. Yeah. Hans Gruber. Hi, Ben again. <laughs> Whatever, whatever the fuck the word was. What a great movie. Uh, so, folks, uh, make sure you guys check out today's video. I'll have another video out over the weekend, and then we'll be back on Tuesday. Uh, going to keep our schedule Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday. Uh, been getting the most views. Been great. Been loving it. It's working out for my schedule. And uh, it's awesome because now that I have that locked down, we can work on our other projects, the cards, Woke Busters, all the stuff that's coming. But Tuesday night is where it launches, the comic, right here on the channel on the High Council. I'll be joined by Jeremy from Geeks and Gamers. Anna, that Star Wars girl. It's going to be an awesome big show. Celebration of the community. Make sure you guys don't miss out on that day one exclusive of the High Council cover. And uh, yeah, so folks, we're going to be back tomorrow morning with more. So from all of us here on the channel, thank you for watching. Be safe, be smart, be cool, but always be excellent to each other.